cool cat, man. Superstitious beers. Superstitious beers. I got a little taco meat on my chest. But I grabbed a handful of lunch meat and shoved it <laughs> down my teammate's throat. I'm a former long snapper. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. At the Burlington... Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what the f*** just happened. Did not flub at all. It send it in. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host... Clip Brock. Welcome in to Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. We got a packed show for you today as we'll be talking all things ECU athletics and talk about what's going on in the world of sports regionally and beyond. Right here on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM and Greenville 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930, also online, PR927FM.com. And be a part of the show. Watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube as we want to hear from you. If you got a comment or a question for one of our guests, and we'll run down the lineup. It's a big lineup today on the show. We will tell you about that in a moment. In fact, let's do it right now. Coming up a little bit later on this hour in about 20 minutes or so, we'll talk to the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. We talked ACC last week. Today, we'll talk AAC. We'll have an American Athletic Conference football preview. We'll talk ECU and they do every week. We chat with them, but we'll get his take on the Pirates. Who is the favorite to win this? Is it one of the new teams? Could it be UTSA coming in and winning in their first year? What will Tulane do as an encore of their amazing 2022? We'll talk about that, everything in between with Jeff Nadeau later on this hour. Also coming up on today's show for the first time, we will chat with East Carolina quarterback Alex Flynn. He'll be live in the Pirate Radio studios coming up at 4 o'clock. So if you want to get a question in for Alex Flynn, you can do it now or when he's here coming up an hour from now. But looking forward to talking to him. What's it been like, you know, being behind Holt Naylor's all these years? And what's it like battling Mason Garcia now? to potentially uh, be the starting quarterback at East Carolina. So we'll get an off-season update with Alex Flynn, get to know him a little bit coming up at 4 o'clock. Also in hour number two, former Pirate baseball player Brandon Manning is back from across the pond. And uh, we will talk some uh, College World Series. Wake Forest can be beat. They are human. We saw that last night. So we'll talk College World Series, MLB, ECU baseball, and more with Brandon Manning. We got ECU Hall of Famer Marcus Crandall back from north of the border. Uh, He'll be joining us on today's show inside the Pirate Radio Studios. The Hall of Famer. Uh, We'll talk some football, NBA draft coming up tonight and a lot more with Marcus Crandall. And we'll continue our ECU football opponent previews. Phil Constantino is the play-by-play voice of the Gardner-Webb running Bulldogs. Like East Carolina, they won a postseason game last year. They won in round one of the FCS playoffs. They uh, came really close to beating Liberty. They were uh, right there in the game with Marshall. They have given FBS opponents scares. And uh, could they notch an FBS win this year? They got App State and East Carolina on the schedule. We'll uh, talk about the running Bulldogs of Gardner-Webb coming up later on in our show. So we are packed and ready to go here on a Thursday. We got Chandler Honeycutt. We got uh, both interns. Intern Connor is back. Intern Joey is here. Right before the show started, I kicked Chandler's headphones and they became unplugged and he might be deaf the entire show unless he can figure out where to plug in these headphones and it looks like he has not done so 
so chandler i would like to apologize for my mishap <laughs> say it again i'm sorry i'd like to apologize for tripping over your headphones oh i heard you i just wanted to hear you apologize headphones again. no it's okay everything's fine you can get through it yeah um it's all about adjusting adjustments yeah we ain't worried about it right now we're we'll do it during the break or something but we'll f- we'll figure it out everything's right. fine hey apology accepted thank you sir thank you sir connor good to see you back and uh joey's here as well what's up what's up what's up joey how was uh your first voyage to sports trivia at aj's last night it was fun it was fun uh definitely some more in-depth questions that i didn't expect so i gotta really get into my sports bag when it comes to the brain so yeah you got a feel for it it's uh it's pretty in depth but uh had a good time last night at aj's and we had a good time last night watching gavin williams his first mlb start last night overall good he had one bad inning but what i liked about it is terry francona stuck with him said hey kid uh get yourself out of this keep going give us some more innings and he was able to do that how about yesterday? So I, I'm not good at gambling, but damn if I can't set a line. Did I not set the line at four and two thirds? Mm-hmm. And he went four and two thirds. It was a push. He you got know, two outs. Five and two thirds. He went five and two thirds. He got you. two he outs in the fifth. So he went four full innings and then two thirds of an I inning. I thought they pulled him in the sixth. So yeah, he did go four and two thirds then. Did they pull him in the fifth or the sixth? I thought it was the six. I thought I saw that he Might went five and six. two thirds. Let me look it up. Maybe you're right, Chandler. Maybe I'm wrong. Five and two thirds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I say five and two thirds or four and two thirds? You said four and two you thirds. Four. Yep. Okay. So I was so Which the, is still a really good line. So the over was correct. Yep. And you took the over, I believe. Yep. You took the over on strikeouts. That went under. That went under. He had four yep. strikeouts in five and two thirds, allowed four runs on four. four hits. He had four strikeouts? Four. The line was at four and a half. He, uh, one thing he's going to have to clean up is walks. I mean, you'll you'll take hits and everything, but he did have three walks in those five and yeah, two thirds. Like I told you, I did take this over and walks. It was set at one and a half. So. Oh, you, you took that? Yeah, All yeah. right, well done. Um, but five and two thirds, and, and his team got the win. It was actually a good game, and now I'm going to start paying attention to some Guardians uh, baseball. Yeah. But uh, that was great to see Gavin and Chandler. We talked about it yesterday. We knew there would be a lot of family shots. We had the Cleveland broadcast on the big screen at AJ's, and it was like it was basically the Gavin Williams show. Oh, no! For doubt. two hours. I mean, how many family shots? Did we Even get? pregame, they were showing him warming up. They were showing his family <clears> in the stands, <throat> getting there into the stadium. Um, I, I saw a lot of people that I knew, a lot of people that I saw at my, my parents' uh, restaurant the night that he got drafted. Um, but there was actually one guy, I don't know who it was, there was one guy, looked like maybe a teenager, was wearing the powder purple pirates. Yeah, uh, yeah he worked for operations yeah. as well, too. Oh, you know who it was? Yeah, I don't know his name, but right. I know he works for the ops. So. so, But it was really cool seeing his family up there and his grandfather, who's a really funny guy, was getting a lot of TV time. And uh, uh, that, was a, that was a very proud group of people. I know, and not just them, but a lot of people, uh, you know, in the surrounding area here in Greenville, 
Pirate fans and then p- people back home around the Stedman, Fedville area as well. So, uh, a really good outing uh, for Gavin Williams last night in his debut. For new Guardians fans out there, Cleveland is 35 and 38, but they're in an awful division. So, they're only one game back of first place behind the Minnesota Twins. So, uh, we will, I guess Gavin will throw early next week, mid next week. So, we'll keep an eye on that and look forward to seeing him on the mound. He, he certainly looks the part. He is a big boy. He looks like a pro player. <laughs> he does. He is a a giant human uh, up there on the mound. And he didn't look nervous, but um, he was damn uh, Pete Carroll when it came to the gum chewing. He was chewing some gum. And Chandler, I say I don't remember him being a big gum guy. Maybe he is, but I wonder if that was a nerve thing. Like I, I, yeah, that's I exactly what I was thinking about. I was thinking about maybe that was a tactic to kind of calm the nerves because I did see the interview. I believe that we posted uh, on social media last night the post game uh, press conference with Gavin Williams. They asked him about like how was that heartbeat. He was like, "Oh, dude," he said, "It's still racing right now." Just you know knowing that he had just went through his first MLB game. And so I'm sure that the nerves got to him. And I'm sure that chewing gum will help calm those nerves. You said but he was one, chewing hard. You said at one point you thought he had probably three, possibly four uh, pieces of bubble gum in. Like it was, he was, I was like, there's got to be at least three or four pieces yeah. in there. Because it, like I mean, it looked like he was chewing a lot. He was getting after it. Uh, Could have been a, uh, a nerve mechanism there. But uh, good performance from Gavin. And looking forward to start number two for him all right looking at the buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by the buck the buck man i miss some uh college baseball like we're used to being on right now yeah no but, day baseball what do we got a, day, a game tonight wake and lsu we got the rematch from last night lsu able to knock off wake Forest. they'll play again tonight coming up at seven o'clock in omaha braves and phillies are scoreless right now as they play in the eighth inning, and the Braves have a runner on third with one out. Arizona 5-1 lead over Washington. Twins leading the Red Sox 6-0. Guardians up on the A's 2-1 on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. All right, um, Chandler, do you want to run through some sound effects? Are you okay to do that real quick? Sure. All right, let's see what you got. Steve Hill is on I one. I can hear. Here. Here, her. There you go, Joey. Way to be a team player. There is an I in Joey, but still a team guy. All right, here we go. Steve Hill says, Clippo. Clippo. Burgly. A burgle. A burgly. A burgly. Go Gator. Go Gator. That's up here. Go Gator. Two little butt cheeks. Two little butt cheeks. It's two little butt uh, cheeks. Swinging dingers. Swinging dingers. Uh, Swinging dingers. I want me some glory hole. I want me some glory hole. I'm a former long snapper. Year, I'm a former long snapper. <sighs> All right. Uh, <sighs> All right. All right. Well done. Wow. Good job. Filling in for Shirley Rhodes this week. Yep. Nice little exercise to to get the brain and wrist and mouse click finger all working as one. Uh, good coordination there. Uh, Robert says, what a circus. I wonder what Troy is thinking about this crap of a show. (laughs) It got off to a rough start with the headphones. I think we're doing all right, Robert. Uh, Robert, thanks for the uh, Norfolk Tides uh, lid, by the way. Really good stuff. 
All right. Um, Jamie says intern Connor has to be feeling some pressure after a week of intern Joey. Yeah, 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 I don't know if Connor can hear this, if to speak, but uh, Joey has been killing it. You, you, uh, I don't know. You got a lot of time to make up for. So uh, that, I don't know. No pressure, but I don't know if you want to put Joey in a chokehold real quick and uh, get him out of here. Joey's been killing it, but uh, no, Connor's Connor's gonna be all right. Uh, we're gonna have the the whole ball rolling here at Pirate Radio. We're glad to have Connor back. Connor had a procedure, right? Like you, you had an excused absence. You had something going on. So you're all good to go. Thumbs up. All right. Uh, Chad Pike is watching from a partly rainy North Myrtle Beach. How about the rain today here in Greenville? It's been unbelievable. It's been ridiculous, really. Was the devil beating his wife again, Chandler? No, because it's been an overcast. Okay. So when it's sunny and raining, that's when... That was yesterday. Lucifer, a.k.a. Satan, a.k.a. Beelzebub. There was some domestic violence going on in hell yesterday because... I mean, the sun was out, and then I just—I remember you were talking, doing something, and I looked, and it was absolutely a downpour yeah. outside. Hey, Clint, and, I mean, you want a Woj bomb. I'm sorry. Oh wow, we've got a Joey interruption Woj bomb. Is it worth being interrupted, Chandler? I, I think Chandler needs to read this one out. Oh uh, no, well, you scared me because I thought it had something to do with the Hornets, but it does not. Okay, I, that's how I was scared at, at first. Yeah. Then, so yes. all right. My bad. You, I'm sorry. My heart's still <laughs> not beating All right. correctly. Next time, can you say, "Hey guys, non Hornets Woj bomb"? Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Man. All right. This is a Woj bomb, though. ESPN Hold sources. On, Chandler, before you read it. What's that? <laughs> I can't. I really couldn't hear you. Before you read it. Uh huh. On a scale from one to ten, how big is this Woj bomb? I say a six. Okay. All right. Here it is. ESPN sources. The Washington Wizards are finalizing a deal to send Chris Paul to the Golden State Warriors for a package that includes Jordan Poole and future draft assets. That's a six I I was thinking about an eight or a nine. Chris Paul, I mean. But Jordan Poole. I know. That's Paul with Clay and and, uh, Steph. Chandler has high standards for Woj Bombs. My God. I think it's more because I was afraid it was a Hornets. (laughs) On its trade thing going on, but uh, yeah, I mean, we ha- we knew Chris Paul was going to be on the move somewhere, and uh, yeah, he's heading to Golden State. Oh, crotch punch, Chris Paul. So go- Chris Paul was with the Wizards, I guess, for just a few days, very briefly, yeah. And they sent him off to Golden State, and Jordan Poole heads to Washington. All right, so let's do uh, NBA minute here before we take a break. Real quick on that. Draymond Green, is he going to be on a new team or is Golden State going to bring him back? He was on his final contract yeah, this year, I think I he's either going to be on year. a new team or negotiate a smaller deal. Wasn't the thought that, like, well, they weren't going to have Poole and Green together anymore? So this is kind of surprising that now Poole is gone as well. They he, might have ended up with neither. They, they probably the shipped him incident. off on that big contract. I mean, he inked like a four-year, $100 million deal, so... They probably did it to free up some space. Being a Hornets fan is no fun, but man, the, being a Wizards fan doesn't seem like a lot of fun either. No. I mean, they're getting Jordan Poole great, but they lose Bill. In the last few years alone, they've lost Bill. Uh, Rui Hachimura was there. Yeah, that's true. Um, Both the Lakers. Does Porzingis count? What did he do with them this year? 
The Wizards are way off no, my Porzingis basketball. No, Porzingis is on the Celtics. That's now. what I'm saying. Was he a Wizard? Uh, yes. Yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah. So, like, they've had players, but hadn't done anything with them, really. Yeah. All right, so how about the – how late did y'all stay up last night? I was still up scrolling Twitter when Marcus Smart got traded. He is a, he is now a Grizzly, I believe. He's a Grizzly about 10, 15 years too late. He'd have been perfect with Zebo and Marcus Gasol and the, Conley. Uh, Tony uh, – Tony uh, – He was Mr. Defense. Tony Allen. Grit, the grit, grit and grind. What do they call them? Yeah, Grindhouse. Yeah. What was I didn't hear your. What was his last name? Tony. What? <laughs> this is not a joke, guys. I know. Tony Allen. Tony Allen. Yes. Tony Allen. He is uh, a perfect Grizz. Him and Tony Allen. Would have but been then again, he has been kind of Mister Celtic. Even though they've had the stars of Tatum and Brown, he has been the steady constant and like a fan favorite. He's got green hair. Uh, it's gonna be weird to not see him on the Celtics being a pesk. Yeah, I mean, I, I but uh, him. I guess Dylan Brooks. Pesky pest. Is, is Dylan Brooks still a Grizzly? I want to say he's uh, not. No, he's not a Grizzly because I remember at, when they got eliminated, the Grizzlies announced it. Publicly oh, they did say done. like you're done. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> By the way, folks, I, I know a lot of you out there might not be in the into the NBA. I realized it. I forget every year. I realized that last night during this Marcus Smart trade. The NBA offseason is way better than the NBA season. It's way more entertaining. Maybe yeah. I say that as a Hornets fan, but like I love all this stuff. Where we stuff. look to the offseason every year. Yeah, but like the the amount of big stars that move and and go, like it is fascinating to see. I just wish we were a little involved in Correct. some way shape or form. I saw a uh, I looked at NBA Reddit today and saw the headline and it was like Hornets prioritizing Ah, uh, who's the guard? Rozier? No, point guard. Lamelo. Did he go to state? Dennis Smith? Dennis Smith. Hornets prioritizing Dennis Smith, PJ Washington, and Miles Bridges this offseason. Like, I love that. Do you? I love Dennis Smith. Favorable kid. That's probably why. Okay, fine. But I'd rather go out and be that bigger name, bigger fish. No, yeah, you're right. I feel hook. like we need to offload Gordon Hayward. Miles yeah. Bridges needs to get taken care of. Lamella, we'd love to tie him down. But I'm with Chandler tonight. I really, I kind of want Scoot. All right, here's the latest on Scoot. We had a Shams bomb earlier today that the betting line, well, okay, his tweet was Scoot to Charlotte is picking up steam, momentum. The betting line has completely shifted from the Hornets taking Brandon Miller number two overall to Scoot Henderson number two overall. And what did I do? I did a Chandler Honeycutt. I watched YouTube today. Scoot Henderson interview. Scoot Henderson highlights. That dude can dunk. He can dunk dunk. Can he shoot? Can Scoot shoot? Scoot can shoot. I like Scoot. Scooter is a shooter. Um, Now, this afternoon, Chandler, you saw a tweet from a Charlotte reporter. From Sheena Quick, who I'm used to seeing report about the Panthers. She does do some Hornet stuff, though. Really charlotte sports in general she quote tweets the tweet we saw from shams and says that she's hearing that Sion williamson could be making his way to the queen city i'll say this i this gets me at least a little excited for tonight because a lot there's a lot of options that could happen one of the options chandler we've discussed is scoot henderson getting drafted puts on the hornet's hat 
and then gets traded somewhere else. Becomes a Laker and then Kobe rebirth. Yeah. You, you look you got at that Kobe, Kobe Bryant's draft night, and he's got a Hornets hat on his head. You look at Shane or um, you look at SGA for the Oklahoma City uh, Thunder. He's got a Hornets hat on his head. Oh, I didn't know that. What did we end up doing that year? I think that was Miles Bridges. Huh. Man. So, just so many options of what could happen tonight. And all could turn out good. But we're talking about the Hornets, so it'll probably turn out bad. Yep. The trade could happen on the air, too. Exactly. You, you, There's been a trade. No more David Stern. It's, I guess, Adam Silver now. But So, Chandler, you've wanted Scoot all along. You've talked me into Scoot. Although, my best option would be Brandon Ingram, if we could somehow get him with the trade uh joey who do you want at number two at first yeah i was kind of with miller because i want size we always lack size but scoot is just an athletic feed on him and i would like to pair him with ball all right and if you get bridges back you don't need miller as much right exactly yeah so all right something to, to follow tonight nba draft um let we need to take a break because we got jeff nadu coming up Alex Flynn joining us at 4 o'clock. Looking forward to that, talking to the Pirate quarterback. If you got questions uh, for the Pirate QB, you can get those in. If you have college football, American Athletic Conference questions for Jeff Nadeau, you can get those in as well because we'll be talking AAC and more when we return. little NBA uh, draft props as well. When we return, Pirate Radio Live, back with you after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's for the best Mexican food and fun in Greenville. Come and enjoy favorites like shrimp tacos, steak and chicken fajitas, burritos, enchiladas, ACP, and more. Follow Chico's on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's for dining or to go. Now, let's head back into PRL. Here's your host. Clip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, here on a Thursday. Still to come on today's show, ECU quarterback Alex Flynn will join us at 4 o'clock. Former Pirate baseballer Brandon Manning at 4.30. ECU Hall of Famer Marcus Crandall at 5. And Phil Constantino is the play-by-play voice for Gardner-Webb. We'll continue our ECU opponent previews. Coming up Friday... Uh, our buddy C.W. Sloan, a uh, school teacher in the area during the summer, turns into a fantasy football nut. And uh, we'll have our first fantasy football talk preview uh, coming up on Friday. Something I want you guys to think about. Who is, um, who's in your personal fantasy Hall of Fame? Somebody that helped you in the past that you appreciate? That maybe you're not a fan of his team, but he helped you in fantasy. And who is your fantasy hate? Uh, who spurned you in the past that you'll never forget 
and we're about to, we're bringing on jeff nadu eagles guy and my fantasy hall of famer my personal uh fantasy guy is a former eagle that i know big man's a fan of brian westbrook who was so solid uh and i had him as a keeper for at least three four years and uh, I hate the Eagles, but uh, Brian Westbrook holds a place in my fantasy heart. And my hate would be Kenny Britt because I would have gone to the championship and won the championship if he'd have had like two catches for 10 yards and he put up a goose egg on Monday Night Football years ago. And uh, I'll never forget it. Uh, still hate Kenny Britt to this day. Jeff Nadeau, how you doing on this Thursday, man? I'm doing great, Cliff. How are you? Good to see you. Uh, I, I'm doing good. we got a lot to talk about in the world of sports. And, Jeff, we're going to preview the American Athletic Conference in football today. But real quick, NBA draft coming up tonight. And, you know, Chandler, I, Joey, uh, everybody around here is a Hornets fan. And we got the number two pick. It was trending Brandon Miller the last week, week and a half, two weeks, whatever. Uh, all of a sudden today, Shams puts out a tweet that scoot henderson to the hornets is gaining steam gaining momentum and now the the betting lines say that uh yesterday miller was a big favorite to go at number two today it's scoot so end up seeing what happens tonight but i don't know have you looked into all that line movement um throughout the draft but specifically that number two pick tonight jeff yeah, I mean, I think to me, and I told you this uh, last week, I mean, to me it would be Brandon Miller, but I guess they're looking at it and saying this is a guard league. It's a positionless league. We can put these guys wherever. Scoot Henderson is the best guard in this draft. It's that simple. His speed, his athleticism, his ability to create with the basketball. He's a big guard, too. I mean, not necessarily tall, but he's more muscular, kind of a stern, muscular kid. You know, you put him next to, you know, LaMelo Ball. You, you get Terry Rozier there. Um, you know, that could be a really good guard group all of a sudden. I think for me, it more or less, I would lean Brandon Miller personally. I compare him more to like a, you know, he is Paul George. He said that's his favorite player. He is Paul George. That's the kind of player I think he probably is at the next level. But then again, you look at Scoot Henderson and you see like kind of shades of, of Derrick Rose a little bit, maybe a better version of Derrick Rose. So, yeah, it's definitely interesting. I mean, we, we kind of just assumed it was Webanyama and then Brandon Miller, but um I don't know, maybe Brandon Miller's comments recently that he thinks Paul George is better than LeBron James. Maybe they just said, we don't want someone that stupid here. Well, he also had the MJ comments where uh, he came out and said he saw MJ shoot a, an air, air ball of free throw. And, you know, Jordan apparently still has say on what the Hornets do tonight. And uh, <laughs> the famous uh, meme, I, I took that personally. Maybe he's taking things personally. I don't know. Just kind of looking into things here. Yeah, it's it's possible. Maybe Michael's just a, you know, he's a stern guy. He's, you know, this guy talks stupid. We're not going to bring him in. But I think both picks are, are very solid. I don't think, I think in the, let's say, say the lottery, there's a lot of question marks with certain guys. I mean, a lot of kids from the G League in there. You got two brothers, Thompson brothers. Um, you know, Balak Labali, who's from France. We don't know a ton about him. There's a lot of questions. Because a lot of people just feel like, well, if I didn't see you in college, you're not any good. Um, but there's some really good players in the top 10. It's just about kind of figuring out who they are. But yeah, I think whether it's Scoot or Brennan Miller, um, yeah, I think they're going to get a good player. There. Any uh, props you're on, Jeff? Anything you're looking forward to tonight when it comes to the NBA draft? As a, a Sixers fan, uh, you guys um, are good during the season, so you don't have to worry as much about the draft anymore uh, with the whole process deal. But how about you uh, just as a basketball fan watching tonight? 
It's funny you mentioned the Sixers. They don't have a pick in this draft. Wow. Entire draft. The only way they will is if they trade into it, um, which I doubt they will. Um, you know, one that I actually ended up playing, I think the Dallas Mavericks are, are in major need of a really good big. And I think at number 10, I kind of have, have, have forecasted this. I think Derek Lively makes a lot of sense there. I grabbed it plus 175 for them to pick uh, Derek Lively. This is a kid who, I think to me, I think he's just a better version of like a Willie Cauley-Stein type of kid. I think he's a really good defender around the rim, but I also think he's someone who can really, really dominate on the block. Uh, he's got the rim protection, but he can also score the basketball. I think he's a guy probably in the top 10, maybe outside of Jerace Walker. I mean, there's no true big in this draft. It, it would it would be in the top 10. It'd be Lively. Uh, I like Derek Lively at 10 to the Dallas Mavericks. Jeff Nadeau joining us, big man on campus, talking NBA draft, and we're going to talk to the big man this summer and preview some college football, and today we will talk about the American, and Jeff, when you look at it last year, magical season for the Tulane Green Wave, and I think we we have common thoughts on Tulane going into this year for different reasons, and, and, and you x and o it you know the personnel and and you you know what's going on i i haven't studied tulane's roster i know they have willie fritz back and he's a great coach and they're tough and and can win any game on the schedule but i come at it from the perspective of i've watched sports for 40 years and these these magical seasons don't normally turn into dynasties they're tough to repeat and for that reason I don't. I don't think Tulane wins the league this year. I, I think they're pretty good because, again, uh, Willie Fritz has been good since he's been there. But to me, they seem more eight and four than they do twelve and two or whatever, like uh, they were a year ago, or ten and two regular season, like they were a year ago. So let, we'll just start there with Tulane. I, I guess they are again the betting favorite because of what they did last year. But what's your thought on Tulane trying to kind of repeat what they did last year? Well, it's funny, too. Keep in mind, they were the best against the spread team in America. 12-2, and 86% cover rate. That was the highest. Uh, there was no team better. But I agree with you. Um, look, do I think they'll still be a very good offense? Absolutely. Michael Pratt's a terrific quarterback. I think he's super underrated as far as nationally. But remember, you lose Tajay Spears, one of the best running backs in the country. You lose Deuce Watts and Shea Wyatt, two of the best receivers uh, in the American they also have a defense that I don't think is going to be as good. They lose pretty much all their secondary. To me, would I make them the favorite? No. I think I understand where certain groups would, just because they were the best team last year. But to think they're going to be 12-2, and two, I think is really questionable, especially with, you look at some of their early games, they got to play Ole Miss non-conference, got to play South Alabama, who I really like. And this is a much tougher conference this year with the additions of teams. To me, if I made a favorite, it would be uh, UTSA. UTSA, and uh, I know another team you really like in the America. I, I was surprised to hear you say UTSA. That's who I would take uh, with the odds and everything. But, Jeff, I believe I saw a recent tweet from you that said you really like SMU this year. Yeah, I think the, the one commonality between Texas, uh, San Antonio, SMU, and Tulane, they are all going to score a lot of points. I think this would be a fun conference this year from a game perspective. All three teams, I think if there's a question – it's defensively, right? SMU didn't stop you, me, Shirley, uh, and the rest of the radio room and a couple listeners last year. They were not good uh, defensively. And they've got plenty of offense. I mean, they all have good quarterback play. 
But when I look at Texas San Antonio, they bring everyone back, everybody, regardless of me, one or two guys. Um, Frank Harris is probably, to me, I think he's right up there as the best quarterback in this conference. They've won 23 out of the 28 games over the last two years. They bring back 16 guys, Cliff. That's just hard to go away from. This might be Jeff Trailer's best team. We've seen them kind of get close, but not ultimately finish or, or whatever. Um, but they're moving conferences, and I think they're going to come in and rule the roost in this conference. Uh, another team that I think has one thing that these teams don't, keep an eye on Memphis. They're, they're an interesting group. I mean, I think offensively they'll be fine. Uh, Seth Hennigan is terrific. They've got some real nice players offensively. But they bring back a pretty good defense. I mean, it's better than most of these teams, and they bring back most of their starters. So, you know, Memphis is an interesting team as well. But for me, it's SMU, it's UTS, UTSA, two teams I really like. I remember back when uh, ECU was in Conference USA, it almost felt like it was coach rehab when a coach would get fired, when – the coach would have allegations or something he'd go away for a while and then resurface in that conference and it kind of has that feel still uh, in the american but one of those guys jeff if you get a good coach get the right pieces in you can put together a good season or a good string of seasons how about tom herman and fau does he fall in that category for you and what do you think about the owls uh, you know, it's intriguing for sure. Cause I was always a big Tom Herman fan when he was at Houston. I, I enjoyed what he did there. Um, I feel like when he went to Texas, I, I don't know that just, I don't know. It, he had one good stop, one stop that I, I didn't love, but I think that was kind of right on the fringe of being in with the teams I just mentioned. I don't really know what Casey Thompson is. We've seen him bounce around. He wasn't great at Nebraska, but I think that was more of a personnel and coaching problem. Texas. I don't know. I mean, that seemed to kind of fall apart as well. This is definitely a decent situation to be in. They'll be a good offense. They have a good running back group as well. Um, they're another group struggled defensively. And can they find stops on the defensive side of the ball? This is going to be a fun conference club. There's going to be a lot of points in these games. There's not a lot of great defensive teams up at the top. It's going to be really about in the guts of the game that's important. What team's going to get a stop? Um, and, and, and you, when you're looking at this stuff preseason, you've got to say, okay, who do you have coming back? Where's the firepower at mostly on these defenses? I think when the rubber meets the road, it would be Memphis or UTSA that find a way to get a stop. Jeff, I'm going to go through and kind of just put them in tiers as far as the gambling numbers say. And you got Tulane at the top, and then you've got that group that we kind of talked about after that, SMU, UTSA, Memphis, FAU. That's kind of tier two. Then you get the three teams kind of in the middle, North Texas, East Carolina, Navy, all with similar odds to win the league. And then after that, you've got another group of Temple, UAB, Tulsa, USF, and Rice kind of all together. And then way down at the bottom, uh, Charlotte, who is bringing in a new coach, kind of an experiment with the coach they're bringing in. So uh, we haven't talked about the kind of the bottom half of this league Anybody have a chance to be good, Jeff, or anybody have a chance to be really bad? You might want to take an under on for a win total when you look at uh, the guys up there in Philly and Temple. Trent Dilfer at UAB, uh, Tulsa, USF, Rice, Charlotte. Anything about those teams? Yeah, I, I'd always kind of look at the Naval Academy, and, and I look at them and I say, well, I think if there's a team where you lose a coach, they're most likely to be fine. It's Navy, right? Because it's the same situation. I don't think they're going to be much different than Brian Newberry. He was their defensive coordinator for a while. Um, they should be. They they have the ability. Maybe have one of the better defenses in this conference. It's really always going to be about can they 
get good quarterback play? Can the option work correctly? Because we've seen it work really well in years past, and then we look at last year, and they really struggled. I mean, they were dead last, I believe, in yards per play. I think they only scored around like 21, 22 points a game. Um, they're not a team that scored much last year. But the defense was there. They found ways to cover football games. They're an interesting team because I don't think they're going to lose much defensively, and I don't think they're going to lose much with the new coach because he was basically there. He's just been elevated. Remember last year, Clint, this is how good Navy's defense was. 3.3 yards per rush attempt. That was top 10 in America. They were very good run defense. They were much better in the secondary. I think if there's a team that can find their way into the top five or six, it would be the Naval Academy. I think Temple struggles. I don't think their quarterback plays very good. I think UAB could be really bad. They lost a ton last year. Trent Dilfer, I'm not sure why he took that job. Yeah. It feels like to me being on NFL Network would probably be a much better job than being in Birmingham, Alabama, coaching a bad football team. You know, some people have talked about Rice a little bit with um, with the arrival of, of JT Daniels. That should be interesting. Um, I don't know, though. That seems like kind of a big shoe to fill. USF is never good. Charlotte, I don't know if they have the talent. So, yeah, for me, it would be it would probably be the Naval Academy if I had to pick. JT, I had no idea JT Daniels was at Rice. How many schools has he been at, Jeff? What do we got? So he's been at West Virginia, USC, Georgia, and, and now Rice. Wow. Four, four schools, I believe. He's kind of has that Tate Martell feel where he's like yeah. all over the place. Um, but look, hey, this is why I like doing these previews, by the way. Uh, big man knows who's where, and I uh, had no clue about that one, Jeff. I mean, over keep this in mind, Cliff. Over the last 55 games, Mike Bloomgren, I think, has won like 15 games. They've been bad. Yeah. Adding a player like that, you get some kids back on this offense, I think they're going to move the football. Uh, I think they'll be a good over team. I don't think they're going to be very good on defense. So, you, know, you look at early on, like, Rice would be a team I keep my eye on from an over perspective because J.P. Daniels will move the football. I'm curious about their schedule. i got to get it in front of me here. But I want to say, yeah, I think they play Texas week one. Like, that'll be an interesting over game to me because I think J.P. can move the ball. Texas will score a lot of points. Um that's an interesting uh, thought. Early. Well, then they got uh, Houston right after that. So, I guess just keep an eye on some overs maybe early for Rice. I love this conference club. I always have, always will. I think the addition of all these teams just makes it so much cooler and so much funner. Um, I-, I love the A's. And I think it's going to be fireworks city. And if you didn't hear our ch- conversation with Jeff last week, uh, we've had Jeff on for years now. And he tells it like he calls it like he sees it. He's been very good I'd love – I wish you had um, had a database, Jeff, uh, with your career record betting ECU game since we've had you on because you've been – I mean, positive and negative. You've called out, hey, North Carolina A&T um, – or, or was it – no, it was James Madison. It was one of – maybe both where you're like, Clip, you know, not only do I want the points, I think ECU loses this game. You'll call that out, and you'll also call, hey, I love the Pirates plus the points today. So whatever side you're on, you've been pretty good with ECU. You're a little concerned about him this year, uh, going back to our chat from last week. We will have Alex Flynn, who is battling Mason Garcia for the starting quarterback job coming up at 4 o'clock, Jeff. So tune into that. I don't know uh, what kind of info or tidbits he'll give us, but I get it. I mean, I have a, a lot of questions about this team as well going into the year, specifically uh, offensively. Yeah, it's funny because I, I want to say Athlon. I think Athlon had them as like top six, which I thought was a bit high. I mean, they lost a lot of talent. 
I mean, you lose Holton, you lose Keaton, you lose Winstead. Uh, I think I think he's gone. I mean, TJ Johnson. I mean, defensively, you lose Malik Fleming, which I mentioned. I mean, you you all know they have a lot to replace. I think it's and, and I mean no disrespect, but like Mason Garcia, I, I have to wonder if he can't win that job by now. I've got to wonder, man. Like how? I mean, he's been there forever. I mean, he's consistently been a number two. I would hope he can win the job. I think that would lead me to be a little concerned if he doesn't win the job. I'm not taking away anything from Alex Flynn, but you know, they're going to take lumps. He's going to take lumps, and that's concerning. But I thought six was high. I could see them being six. I could also see him being like 10th or 11th. Um, I'm not excited. I don't have a ton of kind of readiness for them, but hey, maybe I'll be wrong for once with this team. And, uh, yeah, going to be tough week one against Michigan. That Marshall game is going to be huge week two. They're cut. We talked to Steve Cotton, their play-by-play voice earlier this week. Marshall 9-4 and four last year. Bowl win, win over Notre Dame. Uh, that's a huge game. They follow that up with App State, Jeff. So, uh, the old cliche phrase in sports, we'll learn a lot about this team early. I think we will with Marshall and, uh, and App State back-to-back. Yeah, you absolutely will. And I, I'll say this, you know, just kind of, you know, as I, you know, we get towards football season, you know, I, 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 I'm saddened that I won't get to hear the great Jeff Charles, who yeah. uh, I, I became a fan of when I, I got, got on your uh, station and I, you know, it, it sucks when stuff like that happens. Jeff was a, a consummate professional and, and I know he, uh, he'll be looking down excited for another season. I hope I'm wrong. You have a great fan base down there. Really, a, a really good group of people have always been accepting very nice to me so i always want to be wrong when i don't think they're going to play well i always hope they do we shall see uh but it's fun to preview so they do uh wrapping up this conversation uh who wins the american this year and who would you bet on to win the american those can be two different things depending on the odds if you like a number better you might bet on somebody you don't necessarily think is going to win because the odds are so good so how do you answer those two questions this is the same answer who wins and who would you bet on to win the aac yeah i'm, I'm gonna go with the uh the utsa roadrunners i think they're really going to relish in this opportunity to be a you know a bit bigger of a conference they had some really I thought tough results last year. I thought they should have beat Houston, that three-overtime game. You know, they, they I thought played pretty well against Texas for a large point of, of the season. Then they lost their bowl game, which is a weird one. I think moving to this new conference, they bring back pretty much everybody. I love Frank Harris. I think Jeff Trailer's terrific. I don't know how much longer he'll be there. Um, I, think, I think they find a way. I, I think this schedule kind of suits them a little bit. I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to go with uh, UTSA. Yeah, going to be weird to see the Pirates playing in the Alamo Dome. I've watched a lot of games on TV and basketball for the Spurs back in the day in the Alamo Dome, but ECU will be playing football there this year against UTSA. Big man, uh, anything going on we need to know about before we let you go? No, I'll just leave it with this because I always try to give as much info as I can. Remember, UTSA does not play SMU. They do not play Memphis. They do not play Navy. Mm. The only real tough team they play uh, is Houston, and that's game number one. And they're going to have a lot of revenge in their mind in H-Town, I believe. So, yeah, I, I think um, I think you got to be wary of UTSA this year. But, no, that's it. Thank you for having me, Clip, as always. All right, good stuff with the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. Uh, likes UTSA, good football team, favorable schedule. That equals potentially winning the American uh, their first time in the AAC. All right, we will take a break. When we return, we'll wrap up our number one. Got a question for uh, EC quarterback Alex Flynn. You can get that in. We'll talk to him coming up 
at four o'clock and have more for you on pirate radio live when we return quick look at the buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by the buck the buck braves have a one nothing lead in the top of the 10th with runners on second and third one out so atlanta has scratched across a run in extra innings they played nine innings of scoreless baseball braves with a one nothing lead and is that a double header today it is not it is one game all right we'll uh, take a break come back more to go pirate radio live after this listening to hour one of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by pirate water get ready to party pirates go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure 21 and older only pirate water why be yourself when you can be a pirate now back to the show welcome back to the show university pc care has been pirate nation's go-to it expert since 2006 University PC Care are the local tech support experts for any business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. And let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Should have saved this one for uh, Brandon Manning coming up later on in the show. Superstitious oh, beers. Oh, man. <laughs> I can run it back. Run it back. All right. Uh, I don't know when this happened as a Braves fan, but, like, there's – no team I enjoy beating more than the Philadelphia Phillies. And that is happening right now as they head to the bottom of the 10th. Atlanta with a 5 nothing lead. They put up five runs in the 10th inning and uh, got some help there from Marcel Ozuna with a home run. Ozzy Albies uh, with a run scored as well. Uh, but Michael Harris had the big RBI. Braves lead at 5 nothing over the Phillies as they play in the 10th inning. On the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by DeBuck. DeBuck. By the way, I do want to point out that that's not superstitious. This is sign oh, still delivered. Deliver. Okay. No wonder you looked at me kind of confused. Yeah, I was very confused. And my apologies. I don't know what I was thinking there. Now, who sings sign still delivered? Stevie, Did Stevie do that? Yes. Yeah, That's where my. Yeah, okay. I can see why you're confused there. Uh, okay. Same right. artist, just different songs. 10 4. Thank you for correcting me. No problem. Because I, uh, yeah, I like a, uh, an idiot there. By the way, update, headphones update. We are back. You're back 100%. I can hear. Feeling Actually, good? Look, I'm not 100%. This this ear over here is kind of kind of clogged up today, so I can't really hear that much out of this ear, but I can hear a lot better than i was earlier with no headphones chandler i jokingly um get on you quite a bit for this for the sake of a laugh but deep down you're my guy Mm -hmm. uh but sometimes we got to give you your flowers so shirley's gone this week you're doing you know double triple duty working overtime you got a headphones mistake nadu's calling during the break while you're saving the show like you you hadn't complained one bit you got to be fatigued mentally, but you're doing one more. What's complaining going to do? N- Absolutely no, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Superman so you just got to go with the flow. Superman Chan. Superman Chan, baby. <laughs> Give me a put cam. A, put, a, put a C on my chest, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> uh, okay. And you got some help beside you with uh, this with, is my, with this, intern Joey. Yeah. So uh, getting it done. 
pushing through we're trying proud of you son thank you proud of you it really makes me feel better that you're giving me my flowers yeah and man they smell good have these flowers <laughs> we think about nadu's thoughts on the american and the pirates he's got utsa winning he yeah. likes smu a lot doesn't like says if there is a team at the bottom that could rise it would be rice and bit uneasy about east carolina due to all the losses offensively now i'm I'm not shocked at all that his pick is utsa what a great year they had last year finishing the top 25 they're looking to take advantage and 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 seize this opportunity of going to a bigger conference um and uh i think they could do the same i kind of agree with nadu on that part um the biggest news out of that segment is that JT Daniels is the quarterback <laughs> at Rice because I did not know that. How is he still playing college football? This is his fourth team. I know. So this is going to be his sixth total year in college football. He started at USC in 2018 and 2019, uh, then went to Georgia, then went to West Virginia, and is now at Rice. So, yeah, what a journeyman. I mean, a journeyman of college football, JT Daniels. But – no, I mean, I think uh, I think a lot of that stuff is very accurate, and I never even realized it uh, when it comes to his prediction with East Carolina. He's been very on point. With he's been pretty program. good. He's been good. He's over been years. On, he's been on point with the Pirates and uh, good and bad, back, dating back to that James Madison uh, debacle in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium years ago when Mike Houston was the head coach uh, for James Madison, the Dukes, and uh, but hopefully we can have him what did did he say i can't remember did he say an overall record for east carolina no uh he didn't like the win total when we talked about it previously but he was kind of talking about just a spot in the standings and it felt sixth was a little high which is concerning well let's just hope he's wrong high what 11 12 is more i said it could be 11 and 12 but and you look at it and say six, well, that, that's terrible, but the school's in front of them, the team's in front of them right now. Tulane, SMU, UTSA, Memphis. I think that's kind of a, a pretty solid big four in the AAC. Yeah. And then you've got a group with FAU, North Texas, ECU, Navy. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, there, But there are some, some good teams in this league, and they do said uh, could be a lot of overs in the American this year something to look at all right let's take a break alex flynn is here he's one of the guys trying to make sure ecu does get back to another bowl game and win another bowl game as they did last year uh we'll have alex flynn on for the first time ever get to know him and uh, talk about how the offseason's going when we return if you got a question for the pirate qb you can get it in facebook twitter youtube and we'll have more for you on Pirate Radio Live on a Thursday. Back with you after this. And that time I went and said goodbye. Well, now I'm back. I'm not afraid to cry. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Beauty Bar Metaspa. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Visit BeautyBarMetaspa.com to set up a free consultation. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. East Plumbing, Viva Electric, and Roland Black Heating and Cooling have teamed up to form New Blue Service Group, offering Eastern North Carolina the best in plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services same great local team and same like same great local service just a new name 
for plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services. Go to go to callnewblue.com. That's callnublue.com. New Blue Service Group, where we are to redefining service excellence. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Cliff Brock. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. Still to come on today's show, we will talk to former Pirate baseball player Brandon Manning, talk College World Series, MLB, and more. We got ECU Hall of Famer Marcus Crandall joining us at 5 o'clock. He's back from his trip north of the border, so we'll catch up with Marcus and also continue our ECU football opponent previews as uh, we'll talk some Gardner-Webb football coming up in hour number three of today's show. We talked Marshall on Tuesday, App State yesterday, and Gardner-Webb today as we go through the schedule. But joining us now for the first time in the Pirate Radio Studios, ECU quarterback Alex Flynn uh, right here joining us today. Alex, I appreciate you coming down. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Uh, And it's the first time we've been able to chat, so uh, good to get to know you, and we'll let the, the Pirate Nation get to know you as well, Alex. Alex, but first of all, uh, first let's talk. Let's talk off season. What you're up to now? What's your day to day like uh, right now here in June? Yeah, we're doing um, team workouts at the uh, at the moment. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, uh, Thursday, Friday. Um, we're doing workouts in the morning with Coach Big John, and then we're doing. Or actually, we just finished up OTAs uh, with the coaches that we're doing Monday and Wednesdays. So. Um, yeah, just working out with them. Yeah, you look like you've been working out. Pretty, pretty big. <laughs> How uh, do you get it done in the weight room? You enjoy that part of, of football training? Oh yeah, yeah I love the uh, I love the weight room. Um, I actually go in there with uh, Coach Farmer some too, after uh, later in the afternoon. But uh, yeah, I love working out. What are you doing, quarterback specific? What do you think is important when it comes to weights and, and things like that? What do you kind of focus on in your training? Well, we work out with the rest of the team and do the uh, rest of the uh, workouts that they do. But on the side, I like to do a lot of uh, shoulder, shoulder mobility, um, uh, hip mobility, stuff like that, uh, getting core activated, um, footwork, things like that. But If you got a question for Alex, you can get them in. And uh, we got a few rolling in. So uh, you can get those in on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and YouTube as he'll be hanging out for uh, 20 minutes or so today on pirate radio live so let's talk about your uh, your upbringing and uh, and how you got to ecu two sport athlete in high school right yes, baseball sir. and football yes sir where'd you play uh, what position in baseball well i started out playing catcher um since i started but sophomore year of high school i went to uh, left field and became more of like a hitter dominant Okay, so how, so how many years? How are the knees? You feel any residual from catching uh, for many years? No, uh, I think I stopped uh, early enough to not catch any of that. So Justin Wilcoxon caught just about every game this year, and uh, hopefully he's getting a rest right now. Oh, yeah. The pirate catcher, uh, as he was an Iron Man back there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Alex, uh, how about your recruitment, and and how'd you end up here in uh, Greenville? Yeah, I, um, I guess I started jv freshman year and then sophomore year i played tight end and a little bit of uh, wide receiver um there was a quarterback ahead of me he was a year older than me and um you know he was a runner and we were in a more of like a running offense and then junior year we got a new coach um coach john shoop he coached in the the nfl and at the college level um offensive coordinator at carolina okay i knew i recognized that somewhere yeah um and once he got there we kind of changed our offense up a little bit and it was more of a competition between the two the two of us uh my junior year and his senior year and then 
going to the first game, I think he started. And then the plan was for him to get the first drive, and then I was going to get the second drive. And I'm not, I don't remember how he did on the first, but we, I went in the second drive, and I really stayed starting there from uh, since then. And uh, I guess yeah, junior year we went to all the way to the uh, state playoff or the state championship. Uh, we played New Hanover there. But I really think what boosted my recruitment was the fourth round game. We played Sun Valley, um, who uh, Sam Howell was the quarterback. Oh, there. yeah. Okay. Was, uh, yeah, with the commanders. My, now. With my team now, commanders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, and I remember just the whole end zone was lined up. Um, it looked like almost like a rainbow with all the college coaches there to watch him. Um, I think he was, I don't think he was committed at the time, but I know he was on uh, Florida State. Um, but I just remember playing that game. We ended up winning 27-24, and I got to, uh, I think I got, or people saw me from that game. Yeah. So, uh, and then I guess junior year in the spring, uh, that's when I guess I started getting a, a lot of coaches coming to see me at the uh, at school and everything. But, um, yeah, I mean, ECU – Came, Coach Peterson came to the school, watched me throw, and um, I guess a few weeks later called me back and wanted, wanted to get me up here, and they offered me. So uh, then after that, I guess just a lot more schools uh, would come and see me throw, but no one really um, connected with me as much as ECU. Right. Um, I think I had a few more opportunities uh, later throughout my senior year, um, but ended up, you know, ECU was with me from the jump, and uh, once Coach Mo and Coach uh, Peterson had to leave, they uh, and Coach Houston and Coach uh, K came. They, uh, I had a previous relationship with them from JMU, right? And uh, so I guess they re-recruited me and then um, honored my scholarship, and so. I thought ECU was the place to be. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So you can't. You were recruited by the previous staff mm-hmm. and, and yeah. got here with the current staff, mm-hmm. uh, but you did have that background with those guys. I was going to ask, was that kind of a weird transition, but you already were familiar with those coaches, so I guess mm-hmm. it was pretty smooth for you? Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a little different. I remember getting the call from uh, the guy recruiting my area, Coach Moore. I think he was a tight ends coach. And I, I was just a little shocked, and then – but then shortly thereafter, Coach Houston, Coach K were, were hired, and they uh, reached out to me and had a great relationship with them. So it just continued on after that. Uh, so you get here, and you've been here a while now, uh, and you're five years. You're behind the whole Nailers, who played more games than anybody uh, mm-hmm. for ECU. Um, and now you're, and you mentioned uh, you were in a quarterback battle in high school, and uh, you're no stranger to that, and, and are in one right now with uh, Mason Garcia. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's talk just these last few years being behind Holt Nailers and your role on the team, and and what's that like knowing that well you've got the incumbent starter ahead of you, but you still got to go out there, do your work, get the team better, right? So mm-hmm. so what's that mindset like going uh, day in day out? Yeah, no, I think it really is just uh, knowing your role on the team. And um, I I think there was – it was known that Holton was going to be the starter, and I think the rest of us in the room would would be there for the game plan, uh, practice all week. Um, And I even helped out with the scout team a lot of the times. Um, 
but you know just getting the team ready and trying to lead from that perspective from the sideline kind of it was different how cool is it to to dominate the starting defense on scout team because i know maybe they got you a few times but you had to get them a few times too right oh yeah for sure it was it was fun with uh you know, making jokes with the defensive uh, coaches like Coach Harrell and uh, Coach Dows back there. But no, I mean, we had uh, good work, and that's actually how I got close to a few of the defensive guys too. Just being there, and um, it almost got me connected to whenever they were on the field. It's like watching almost my work uh, show out a little yeah. bit too. So, and you're behind Holden Aylers. He moves on. We hope he has success uh, in Seattle, uh, in the NFL. That'd be awesome. And now Mason Garcia is kind of the guy who's going to be the next starter, but Alex Flynn says not so fast. I want to play too. So what has that kind of been like this offseason through spring uh, right now? What's your what's your off-the-field uh, relationship like with Mason? Uh, you know, the friendship and the battle simultaneously. How do you kind of compartmentalize all that? Yeah, I think we're um... – well, we're I've gotten really close. I think over because he's been here only one year less than me. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's going on four years now for him. So we've been here uh, in the same room the whole time. So we've developed a really good relationship. Um, but on the field, it's I think that relationship still comes out where we're still helping each other learn from the um, from our own experiences. And I think we have different strengths. So. I think we can learn from those strengths, um, you know, from each other. Um, but yeah, we're uh, no, we're pushing each other to get better for sure. And your big strength is running the football. At least it was on that one play in the spring game. <laughs> that kind of came out of nowhere. How about the fifty-plus yard run you had in the spring game? Yeah, no, that no the spring game was a lot of fun. But uh, no, that play did stick out to me because you know I don't really. You know, I'm not known to make runs like that, and I don't even think I had a run that long in uh, high school. But <laughs> no, that was it was a lot of fun. Keaton Mitchell had like he was on the sidelines, mm-hmm. like shooting a video, going crazy, running, uh, running with you down the sideline. I think yeah. <laughs> uh, during that play, Alex Flynn joining us. We'll get to some of your questions here in a moment. Uh, so as you head into fall camp, which is still a little ways away, Alex, uh, I mean, are you feel like you're in a, a battle for the starting job here at ECU? Yeah, I think so. I think we're, um, you know, like I said, we're pushing each other, but I think we make each other better. And I think whenever we both have that mindset to where we're competing and um, trying to get better, I think it's better for the team. So I think if we both just keep that mindset, then it'll uh, – be good no matter what happens alex uh, it changes every year in sports it's changed a lot since i became a fan uh, all those years ago Mm -hmm. um and this would not be a question 20 30 years ago but it is in 2023 you know why did have you not entered the transfer portal i I mean and i ask that because guys are joining it every day entering it every day i think it says a lot about you and mason that you've stayed here and, and it's awesome to see and it's great uh that that you guys have have put in the work and and have stayed here at east carolina but i mean do those thoughts cross your mind have they ever crossed your mind i mean they have for sure just because i mean you see everybody else doing it like you said it's um almost tempting but um first of all you really never know what happens with the transfer portal it's uh pretty crazy especially now but um i don't know just you know the school i think ecu and greenville have always um supported their athletes especially the football team um very well and it's it almost feels like 
um, I can't leave them behind. And it's and so I mean, there's that, and then also there's a ton of relationships I've built I've built here yeah. with uh, my team, my coaches, um, things like that. So you know, for me, it was just hard to leave. And once I uh, was able to get my degree, um, I think staying was the correct decision for me yeah that's all that's a great perspective to have it's awesome to hear uh alex so we did have a question speaking of your degree tyler said if met if your med school dream plays out what uh specialty are you wanting to pursue yeah i want to do um something like a sports doctor so i guess that would be orthopedics Mm -hmm. um but i've actually our team doctor dr armin um i've had several conversations with him just to figure out um like what he does and i'm sure i'll be in contact with him a lot more and even when my career is over um but yes like beyond the field um i think just being around sports but yeah also being on the medical side cool that, yeah that's awesome so even after your playing career you'll still be around the game mm-hmm. in some capacity uh a lot of questions from barry who uh is an alex flynn fan and uh and his son is as well he says i don't understand so is alex flynn a grit white shark does that mean anything to you <laughs> i think i've heard that before okay <laughs> and uh does flynn have the grit to lead us to a win at michigan he's talking about grit you got a lot of grit in you alex <laughs> i guess so you said i was lifting all them weights that's right but no <laughs> yeah i don't know where uh where he's going with that uh he does say his son plays baseball and uh this is a good question like anything transfer from the baseball field to the football field i know cliff godwin ecu baseball coach has said that if you give him two prospects one plays multiple sports one plays only baseball mm-hmm. he likes the multi-sport guys so do, do those sports kind of trans uh transfer over at all yeah i think um i think in a different way than than uh, most people think um i think throwing a football is more like hitting a baseball than really throwing a baseball um because they're in hitting there's so much rotation that goes along that goes with that um and same thing with throwing a football it's not you're not using as much arm it's more hips and rotation um like really the same motion as hitting um and throwing i throwing a baseball is a lot more um over the top and you're trying to throw for like for velocity and a little bit of accuracy of uh, Mm. course but um football i don't know i think um that's really where it's transferred most for me was just hitting and bring that power and hitting and then bringing the power to uh, throwing interesting yeah Mm -hmm. that that is a different perspective Mm -hmm. uh jr said uh, he watched a video of when you won the 2017 dual quarterback skills contest in atlanta remember that <laughs> yeah i do actually that, um, uh, he says that was quite impressive for a 16 year old so i uh, do who what other qbs were in that do you remember at all well that so that was for the um whenever i learned to play quarterback i went to these camps um called nfa the national football academies and um i started going there when i was i don't know when i first started playing like seven or eight mm. and um Pretty much every year, they or they travel around the country and um, pick or hand select the best quarterbacks from each camp. Um, and I guess that year was my sophomore year, I think, in high school, and I got selected and went. And I don't think there were any. I don't know if there were any big names there, but mm-hmm. I just know they picked from the people who or the best quarterbacks from those camps, and I competed against the kids my age at that time um 
And so, yeah, I was uh, lucky enough to win that one. That's awesome. Yeah, good stuff. All right, uh, Barry wants some uh, some stats on you. How much you weigh, Alex? And what is a uh, are you at your ideal weight as a player? Like, what do you what do you want? Yeah, do? just about. I'm uh, so six one um, two thirty. I think two twenty eight would be like perfect, but mm-hmm. you know, fluctuating around there. Okay. Um, so all right, good stuff. Um, Jacob Coleman says, huge fan, going to miss going to battle with my brother. Yeah, Jacob Coleman. <laughs> He's at Middle Tennessee State now. All right. There you go. I uh, had another question. So we talked about this earlier, Robert, but um, Alex said he started a catcher in baseball and then went to the outfield and said you became more of a hitter. Uh, what did you bat your senior year in uh, high school? What was your average? It was above 300. I'm nice. not sure. Uh, <laughs> I know my – so actually my junior year – in baseball i was i selected all state i think i had nice like 40 rbis that year any um, thoughts of pursuing that side or or when did, you know when did you decide i'm gonna go i'm you know football next level rather than baseball uh probably right around whenever i started getting recruited in football i think yeah. i think i could have played baseball somewhere but i really wasn't into the um like the travel baseball whenever you get older because i was whenever i was younger like in middle school the showcase stuff yeah so i was never into like really the showcase stuff and i think i needed to commit more to baseball if i was going to do that um but i think like i said like the different throwing mechanics for both i think it would have messed up my football uh throws and stuff like that so i don't know i um i always thought baseball in college or the jump from high school baseball to college baseball would be more difficult if that makes Dan sense football's jump that's what, that's that, what that makes sense to yeah. me because i feel like the pitching in baseball and at the college level is was better than like 99 percent of the pitchers i faced in high school right so i don't know yeah that makes sense yeah. um all right chad this is kind of an inside joke here at pirate radio but he said i heard mason garcia loves pasta and is a great italian cook any truth to this so alex this stems from a call on our post game show i guess it was like after the last game of the season and holton aylers was on his way out you know mason garcia maybe next quarterback and the caller said something to the effect of time to put away the barbecue and bring on the pasta because it's mason garcia time and i said do you think Mason Garcia is from Italian descent? <laughs> so this caller, what you got, Joey? Here, turn him on. I don't think he's Italian. <laughs> no. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Do you know Alex? Uh, is he an Italian fellow? <laughs> I don't think he's. I don't think he's Italian. I think he uh, is Hispanic. I think because I, I am too. We've we've bonded over that. Oh, really? A little bit. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> we both are Hispanic. Um. So we had a huge joke about that. Everybody was posting Mario Super Mario memes and things like that the uh the italian stallion mason garcia we got to find that call it's hilarious because we were so confused at what this dude was talking about but that's just uh part of the fun we have on uh post game shows so no uh, you guys can't cook up a, a spicy italian dish for us i guess i actually cannot <laughs> so what you're um what part hispanic are you what's your uh your background there I'm just, my uh, so my mom is half okay Mexican so I'm right. um, a quarter good deal uh, yeah all right uh, let's see any other questions for Alex Flynn from the chat 
uh <laughs> tyler said can we find highlights of alex flynn hitting home runs in little league so espn can show those during games like they did with holton he said like they beat that horse with holton yeah we need to find some of your old uh baseball highlights so we can play those during games. i don't even know if they filmed our uh baseball <laughs> games and back then <laughs> um well, unfortunately, we all can't be cool like Alex Flynn and Chad Stevens is upset about that. Chad Stevens says, I want to be cool like Alex Flynn. <laughs> That's all you, Chad. Yeah. So uh, I guess you formed a relationship with that particular defensive player uh, for ECU. That's pretty cool. My new uh, roommate. <clears throat> oh, yeah? Yeah. Good deal. Uh, let's see. JR really studied your film from when you were 16. Uh, you threw a football 40 yards from your knees when you were 16. Have you tried that recently? <laughs> I actually haven't tried. I don't know how he found that because I have no, I don't even remember that. <laughs> I believe that's Johnny Stats, by the way. Oh, Johnny yeah. Stats? Okay. Well, Johnny Stats knows his stuff. I don't know how he gets it. Um, I actually haven't tried that, though, and uh, since then, probably. Yeah. Manny Hickman in the house as well. Emmanuel Hickman says he's yeah. proud of you. Yeah. So that's cool. Thanks, bro uh emmanuel chad how bad did alex roast you guys uh scout game scout team let us know how many times did he put up numbers on you um but that is cool uh to see the love from your teammates and yeah we had amanda houston on earlier this week we had the ladies clinic coming up friday Mm -hmm. and she talked about the guys coming over to the house and uh you guys get together with your position coaches and eat and things like that and all the stuff you do in the community like it is really cool to see the the family atmosphere with the football program and, and i'm sure you can speak to that how close you guys are yeah we um i mean i actually just did the um kitty camp i was one of the coaches for that yeah and I mean, that was a lot of fun being around those guys and they actually knew like a ton about ecu football is um really surprising to me that's awesome but um yeah no our it's like the locker room is uh totally family and i think the coaches are too uh the coach k and um his wife will uh bring over the quarterbacks um a few times in a, a year and she'll cook or she'll uh get us you know some cater something catered and you know it's always a good time when that happens chad stevens brings up a really good point on youtube flynn got us a couple of times but he's just lucky we couldn't hit him <laughs> so you are protected there i, I you know yes. what that's a good point chad that's uh, true. Yeah. So uh, you got the what red jersey on or the whatever jersey that says "Do not hit me." Yeah. Do not much. touch. <laughs> yep. Um, Emmanuel says, "Tell him how mad you would get about repeatedly getting sacked by us." <laughs> that can't be true, right? No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't really remember that. I just remember the uh, touchdowns. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, the back and forth. And how about this summer when you're away from the coaches and can't have contact? That's a really important part of the season that I've heard. Marcus Crandall, ECU Hall of Famer, uh, has talked about it. Holt used to talk about it. But getting together with the receivers, with the you know O line, with whoever DBs, whoever to do some work on your own. You know how important is that, and how much are you guys going to you know be doing that this offseason? No, it's extremely important. We um, especially because I, I know the talk is that we've had we have a bunch of new faces. Yeah. Um, especially on offense, but um, really for us they're not really new faces because they're just younger guys. And I think everybody's ready for, um, their opportunity. But, um, even so we did, we did have some, uh, transfers, wide receivers come and some transfer O linemen. And, you know, we get together and throw routes together. Um, sometimes we even do uh, one-on-ones and seven on seven against the defensive guys. 
Um, but it's extremely important because, you know, that, that chemistry is probably, you know, one of the most important things as a quarterback and a yeah. wide receiver and a, a running back, I think, is getting to where everything just meshes well. Yeah, you bring up a good point. They're, they're, like a guy like Kerry King, we've heard a lot mm-hmm. about him, seen him in spring, seen him on the field of Saturdays a little bit. Mm-hmm. Kind of new to us, but you've probably thrown hundreds of balls to Kerry King, right? Like, yeah, he, yeah, probably thousands. Yeah, yeah, right. So all those guys. Uh, you got you feel like you have a pretty good connection with with uh, guys like King, guys like Josiah, guy, uh, you know Shane Calhoun, those guys. Oh yeah, we. Um, I think was also been good about our work in the off season is we all throw together because you know in you know in practice it's normally like ones against ones twos against twos and you get reps with like your group mm-hmm. i guess um but in the summer it's really like just mixed whenever you're uh, working out and throwing together it's everybody's throwing everybody and you're getting that the chemistry and so yeah i think I'd, i've built a ton of chemistry with them just from um you know, I played scout team with some of those guys back a few years ago. Yeah. And having that chemistry. And, um, yeah, we're working towards the, I think, at a uh, – making it work at, like, a high level consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where we are now in the summer. Question from uh, Randolph. What's your, your favorite play in the two-minute drill? If you guys are running a hurry up, what, what play do you want to call? Ooh, let's see. Um Probably uh, we have. You don't have to give me we a have, name. I don't want to yeah, like yeah. get Coach Kirkpatrick got, mad at me or something. <laughs> yeah, but sure. generally speaking, what do you want? Yeah, to do? We, do, we have. Um, you know, we'll do uh, vertical or seams from the middle, the slot guys, and then we'll do on the outside. They have option routes. Um, they can either take it deep or curl it back, depending on the uh, the corner how the corner's playing it. And then I like to have the uh, running back going out on a little under route where he just is there for uh, if the defense all drops back and you can dump it down to him let him run with it another thing too speaking of you know changes on the offense a lot of a lot of solid o linemen uh won't be here that were here a year ago we we're talking mm-hmm. about uh, noah henderson a moment ago before the show but how about that group who you know where there standouts in spring and and how's the o-line coming together for you guys yeah, the, the O-line, um, like I said, it's new faces for sure. Um, a lot of those guys have been here. Um, you know, like Hampton, Urgle, mm-hmm. uh, Parker Moore has um, been here for about a year, a year and a half now. Um, Isaiah Foote. So th- uh, these guys are all coming back, but we have had some additions from um, USF um, and from Akron. Um, so I think... What's most most important for them is to start, you know, they're all uh, getting stronger and quicker and they're um, blocking well, things like that. I think it's important that they start getting uh, those reps together. Right. Like, it's almost almost like a quarterback and a wide receiver have to be on the same page. The whole line has to work as one. Right. And so I think the new faces, um, I guess what they just have to – keep working on what we do throughout the summer is is you know moving as one one unit alex flynn joining us uh man it'd be great to to get to chat with you alex getting to know you and uh thanks for for folks uh chiming in with their questions as well we had planned on potentially getting you and mason at the same time but mm-hmm. mason uh had to head to the manning passing academy right yeah, so that's, yeah that's big got that going on uh, that's awesome Exciting. for him and mm-hmm. uh really looking forward to fall camp and 
kind of seeing from the outside uh what what transpires with you guys but i uh, hope you have a fantastic rest of your off season and season and uh we'll catch up with you again down the road but been great to talk to you, to you today man and uh yes, sir, keep you. up the good work and we'll talk again down the road awesome thanks for having me ecu quarterback alex flynn joining us today inside the pirate radio studios we'll take a break come back switch gears talk a little baseball with former pirate brandon manning wake forest finally lost the game we'll uh, catch up on what's going on in omaha at the college world series and good news for alex and i uh the braves got the final out they win five to one today over the phillies on the buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by the buck all right we'll take a break come back more to go pirate radio live after this Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Beauty Bar Metaspa. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Visit BeautyBarMetaspa.com to set up a free consultation. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. UB has been an ECU tradition for over 50 years. Shop online anytime at PirateWear.com. UB has the biggest and best selection of ECU sportswear and accessories for pirates of all ages every day is game day at ube now let's head back into prl here's your host clip rock back with you pirate radio live here on a thursday chan man intern connor he's got the joystick in his hand and we've got brandon manning back with us chandler do we have brandon manning's uh sped up intro song i feel like we owe him something if not, you know what? Don't worry about it. No, we're good. There we go. When I was a younger man, now my body says, Oh, you can do this, boy. I'm Oh, yes, you can. I ain't as good as I once was. That's just the cold, hard truth. I still throw a few back, talk a little smack. But I'm feeling bulletproof. So don't double dog there in now. Cause I'd have to call your bluff. I ain't as good as I once was. But I'm as good once as I ever was. You. There you go. Brandon, got to welcome you back to the States. Yes, man. Because you have been uh, across the pond, as they say. I have. had Going a, lo- a lot of places. Yeah, had a lovely trip. Visit a few places. Saw cool, some cool stuff. Um, there's like, they don't believe in watching sports much over there, so there wasn't much sports watching or anything. No and, soccer or anything? Um, no, you could watch rugby, and I, and I was telling him, we went to like an actual London pub, and they were... There was like open car indie racing up here, and they were like, "Yeah, I couldn't understand half of what it said." But um, they were watching jet ski racing. Like I've oh, never. Wow. I mean, I was like, "Man, I didn't know that was a thing." I didn't know it was a thing, but they do it over there. Interesting. Yep. And uh, we've got the London series coming up, uh, Cubs and Cardinals, and that is in two days. And you went to the stadium or saw the stadium, um, right? We were gonna go by the stadium. It's like. Uh, it's called the London Stadium, but from where everything is that you would want to see, it's like a forty-five minute drive mm-hmm. out, and there was nothing there. They uh, and I, and, I, and I looked it up. Um, it's a pretty cool place. They have uh, if you can research it year round, they have something there, and they play like these. They call them MLB sixty games, and you can men versus women versus kids, and there's uh, no time limit and they have a cool like um i guess you call it nascar experience or mm-hmm. something like that for mlb games over there and i also think the games are free 
you just go up and say hey i want to i want to watch the baseball game um so yeah i right. highly suggest to my over there burley hitting his uh european home run is happening i'm calling it <laughs> oh yeah burley long ball in uh london are they long playing ball. at west ham does that sound I, right I, that I, stadium uh the yes. guy called it the London Stadium. Yep. Is that what they call the West Ham? London Stadium, yeah, where okay. the Hammers okay. play. Okay. There you go. All right. Uh, good stuff. Well, yeah. so were you able to watch, or did you have to follow via an app like the College World Series and, and We everything? followed it, so uh, it was well, a, got a time a, difference, too. Yeah, it was a time difference, so we saw a lot of tape delays. Um, I would watch some of the game the next day and things like that, but I, we did follow along with it best we could. What's the best food you had over there? So when uh, we were in Athens, Greece, the first couple of days, and uh, you know I'm, I'm a big Mediterranean food person. I, I think it's great. Uh, love me some euros, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And I had like real fresh made. They I watched them make the hummus and I watched them make the tzatziki sauce and everything was just fresh. I was like, man, this is like amazing. Um, I don't know what I ate in Turkey, like literally. But it wasn't Turkey. But it was it was not Turkey and it was not pork. So, so I mystery meat. I, but was it good? No. Oh, okay. No, that was the only day I had something that was not, and it might be the first time in my life I didn't finish what I was eating. Did you see any Americanized uh, fast food places or anything? So everywhere there was McDonald's and Burger King, uh, Five Guys. Oh uh, wow! There was a Five Guys uh, all everywhere in London. Interesting. Um, and they had McDonald's uh, in Athens uh, as well. All right. Uh, good stuff. Glad you had fun and enjoyed your uh, your pictures on Facebook. Oh yeah, lovely place. You're the true Greek freak, Brandon. Thank you. And though they don't like him over there. They don't like Giannis. They're like, I was like, yeah, yeah, because they were good. We'd go by like a outdoor basketball place, and you could tell it's been played at a lot. I was like, yeah. And he goes, yeah, we really like our foot, our football and basketball. I said, yeah, like Giannis. He says, no, he chases the money too much. What? They're like, they're, they're they said they called him selfish, the little cab driver. In oh Athens. my god. So, but like Athens is weird. There's like a a, a bridge. And once you cross the bridge, you're like all in on this team or all in on that team. And it's just very right. much like, you know, tobacco road, so to speak. So that's hilarious. I mean, that's kind of how we are, too. But well, like, he had his own, like at the airport, he had his own store. Uh, the Giannis store? He, pretty much. Uh, and it was just all selling stuff with his face and likeness and stuff like that on there. And I mean, that, that was, I was like, man, that, Michael Jordan doesn't even have his own store. Well, he probably does. He has his own brand. That's a brand. The Jordan brand store? It's got to be a thing, Brandon. I've never seen it. Right. Anybody? Chandler, look that up. Are you one of those people that said that if you haven't seen it, it ain't true? You don't believe it? No, I'm not. I'm just... But, I mean, you would have seen them. Have you seen the movie Air? Yes. That was a good one. It was very good. That was good. But surprisingly good. Because it's a topic, and we know the outcome of it, and there's really no high stakes or anything, but it was still a good, well-acted good movie very very much like you know and uh, nostalgic the very nostalgic like, i was like man look at those shoes those are awesome I, I mean just the names on the board when it was like uh chuck person or whatever yeah. like just seeing those old nba John names St- too. stockton <laughs> yeah stockton yeah <laughs> that, that was good yeah. i didn't know that was the same draft class yeah it was good stuff all right let's uh we accomplished not much this segment, but we're going to take a break, come back, and we'll talk some baseball. Yeah. With B-Man, we got a big one tonight, LSU and Wake in Omaha. Going to be a great one. Yeah, looking forward to that. We'll talk about that and more when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. Darn. 
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Beauty Bar Metaspa. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Visit BeautyBarMetaspa.com to set up a free consultation. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to the show. Be sure to visit one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's U.S. Cellular locations and experience the highest standard of customer service. The purpose of the Atlanta Wireless Store experience is to inform, illuminate, and inspire. Find the location near you at AtlantaWireless.com. Atlantic Wireless, we go beyond the call. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Flip Brock. All right. I think I, I might need a shot. Not of alcohol, but like a shot shot. Because Brandon's been traveling all over the world. Mark has been up in Canada. And now they're right here with me. And now I'm nervous. No. Co- COVID shot? I just I don't I don't know what shot, I don't know what Brandon's bringing back. He said he rode a donkey while he was I, over there. I did ride a donkey. So yes. there ain't no telling what what's uh, what he's got. Hannah's going got on. some video footage of uh, the donkey riding and everything, it was, and it was funny. How big is a donkey? So this was they have a minute like I I have a donkey at my house. I like have a miniature donkey. They call it a Jesus donkey because it's got a cross on his back and it's a mini. But this was like a full blown mule size donkey. All right. I'm assuming you didn't go at a high rate of speed on that. No, they were going down steps down the side of a mountain. I really felt bad for the donkey. Um, Wow. But you rode it anyway. There was like 800 steps. (laughs) My gosh. I want to talk about the streets. The streets, there was a video I saw. The streets were very like. So, like, all the cars are, like, as wide as this. They're, like, one-seater cars, like Steve Urkel's car. You probably don't remember that episode. but uh, You remember what I'm talking about. Remember how he just had, like, one thing? That, like, all the cars were like that. And uh, we were just we were walking down this little street in all the shops, and next thing I know, here comes a car, and they just haunt the horn, and there's, like, four inches on both sides between the side and the alley that we're – or the street. I mean, they're, they're – it was, but it was cool. I mean, the the sights you could see forever, and um, you know, people talk about the blue water. You know, Gulfstream. You know, forty miles out of Morehead City, you get to the blue water, and it's a different color blue. It was all the water there was that color, mm. so it was crystal clear. And it was awesome. All right, we, we're playing. Baseball. We're playing catch up with Brandon, and we'll have to do that with Marcus as well because I haven't spoke to you in a couple of weeks, and we got a lot going on in sports. We need to catch up on Brandon. We haven't talked baseball in a while. And I tell you, I, you never know how much you, you miss something until it's gone. I missed my 2 o'clock college baseball on TV today. You it's been what? every single day, and it's not here, and I miss it. Uh, but there will be a game tonight. College baseball is one of those things. Um, very, NFL still gets after it. When you get on the field, they hate to lose. I mean, I, there's so much incentives in their contracts now that they just despise to lose. You know, you, you only have a few weeks to prove yourself. Where professional baseball is you're playing – literally six months i mean it's a long drawn out season a lot of grinding um but college baseball those guys get after it uh and and that's why i like college baseball so much it's just a great sport i mean in all college sports for that matter but college baseball is a pros professional baseball they they just really get it they're playing for something they go all out every play is hustling every play is doing what you're taught to do at a young age so I, I just love it it's been high quality baseball something else has helped as there have just been awesome games a lot of one run games a lot of comebacks a lot of drama yesterday we saw florida win 3-2 on a great catch uh, to end that one and then lsu wake wake had and wake had been unbeatable they had their chances last night brandon but uh couldn't come through you know wake's one of those uh they they have the staff to just 
go all the way and they have an offense that does it a lot i mean they got what's their four hole hitter has 31 home runs this year that's that's crazy and really it was one pitch that hurt him last i mean it was yeah, a great just slam. one pitch yeah. um they're not they have not hit good the last two games or in the in since they got there they're i guess two and one now and they have not hit good so I think they've I'm, scored eight runs in three games in and, and their offense says i'm about ready to explode i mean you can't hold those guys down that much and expect them to keep only doing two runs three runs so i think tonight it comes out well lsu is a favorite i'm looking at it right now nah. in this game tonight you're taking wake to be to play florida taking Wake to play florida all right um any i don't know ecu have we talked since the ecu season ended uh, yeah. I think we did. Yeah, we did. I think we did. We did. You following any uh, summer league guy? I know Ryan McChrystal and uh, Dixon Williams I've been hitting the ball well. Checked a few of the stats. Uh, yeah. Dick, Dixon's coming along. Um, Ryan McChrystal. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy we haven't got any news about him. Uh, the other catcher was it the Delisi? Delisi. I, I, he he's he's going to step it up a little bit. I think. I don't think he's got to a real good start, but he hasn't he hasn't seen live pitching in a while. So. Um, no harm no foul there but I, yeah the the guys we have playing i think they're going to be just fine um there's some other guys staying and getting healthy uh that i think are going to be very important too so and i haven't i haven't checked the portal today or yesterday so i don't know what's going on with stuff seems like it's pretty stable right now but you've still got you know fall ball coming up and guys can make moves after that when they kind of see where they are in the pecking order well i mean th- th- we had an amazing class come in um, and we have a lot of people scheduled to come back. So, well, we got our eyes on the draft too, Brandon, with Josh Moylan, Josh Groves, and those incoming guys to see who goes, who who could be back. Yeah, I, I would love to see Moylan um, come back one more year. I mean, I don't think it would hurt his draft stock to come back. I mean, there's other guys, you know, like we just talked about the guy with Wake Forest with 31 home runs. Um, there's guys that I think I, I really, I really think. Uh, him coming back and having an unreal year does nothing but help him talking to those guys it sounds like if they get an opportunity they'll make the leap that's oh, been yeah. their dream that's been their Can't dreams um and i mean a few a few of them you, you take a lot of these guys that are like covid seniors i think this is the last year of that and a lot of these guys they've already got their degrees they've right. some of them they've been there. some of them's girlfriends and future wives are already out there with jobs and they're sitting there like hey I, what, what are we doing here so i mean it, some of them want to live the dream and i think they should live the dream uh so if you get drafted for some shoestrings and a stick of bubble gum you need to go marcus crandall uh going to join us hour three he's here right now and marcus this conversation goes on in all sports and uh, i bet you people have come to you and asked you for advice at times uh what do you think but it, it's such a sometimes you gotta make the move when you have a chance if you do return to school it's a negative way to look at it but you could get injured things could happen if you got an opportunity uh sometimes it's good to go sometimes it's good it's it's, every case is individual that's right but but uh you know a lot to think about for these guys it it really is clip and um that's why i don't fault anybody for or point fingers or saying hey you shouldn't do do this make this decision as far as taking a leap because just as you said there's so many uh things that could go wrong 
in their senior year, and uh, and I can take, <laughs> man, I, I got hurt my senior year, right? And yep. so you, you think about those things, and um, when you have that opportunity and you take it, then you just can't look back, right? You right. can't look back, and and you gotta uh, people who are in their camp, you gotta be supportive of that decision in regards to uh, them taking a leap to go professional. Uh, but uh, just just like you said, like uh, if you have the opportunity to play any level of professional sports, I think you leave no stone unturned. You uh, you go until you can't go anymore, or until the opportunities uh, dissipate, pretty much. And you said, don't look back. Uh, there's a couple ways to look at it. Yeah, Brandon and the guy Skip Holtz leaving. Maybe he should have stayed at ECU and not gone to South Florida, but he made his decision. Coach Mack was here the other day. He did the opposite. He said he had offers from Mississippi State, from Oregon, decided not to take those jobs. And I said, well, Coach, it's hate to ask you, but do you regret that? And he said, no, I made my decision. Live with it. Move on. So uh, that's the thing. Once you make it, uh, you got to make the, the best of your new opportunity. So there's a lot of decisions nowadays with NIL deals the way. I mean, you look at Arm- Armando Baycott. Oh, um, right. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's coming back for his senior year. Um, he's, I think he's already starting to do Rogaine commercials with his NIL deal. He's been there so long with all the gray hair he's going to have. Well, can we look at it as a positive now, guys? That, like, we used to see guys jump to the pros just because they, they needed the, financial exactly. help. Exactly. Now you can stay in school and get that help. Maybe. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Man. So, but then you got, you know, uh, on the, on the other side of the street, Derek Lively from Duke, he's leaving, even though, Heck, Duke awarded him enough money and got him enough NIL connections that he got his mom a house. Um, he's going because his mom, uh, so many medical bills his mom had from cancer. If you mm. haven't seen that video, mm. it will make you cry. You should look that mm. up. But you never know what kids are going through, what families, what their dreams tell them they need to do. Um, you never know what your body – Tom Brady's body is – could probably still allow him to play football, right? Let's you know, let's he doesn't get sacked a whole lot. He said healthy, but then you got uh, what's the Luke uh, Keekley dude? His his age says he's just still playing, but his body says I can't play. Mm-hmm. So if he would have left college a year earlier, he might still yeah. have another year or two. Just to, depends on what's going on. So you never know um, what anybody's going through. So you should look at it. You should think about it. You should talk about it and pray about it and see what's going on. Brandon Manning, Marcus Crandall here in the Pirate Radio studios. Brandon, uh, good to have you back here. I enjoyed talking to you all year on the Farm Bureau Insurance ECU Baseball Report. You're welcome to keep hanging out with us. Well, we can do a little bit. We're actually uh, missed Father's Day uh, while I was gone. I didn't make it back, so we're doing Father's Day dinner um, later on. So I got a little bit of time, but I got to stop and get some of the grocery store on the way back. Okay. To the boonies. Well, I was not saying stay today. I was just saying come back next week. Oh, no. okay, fine. <laughs> That's Brandon, cool. you're welcome anytime. You're uh, That's cool. the the people. We, we were actually going to supposed to talk about you. baseball and do a do a mid year recap, but it's not the mid. I would recap. like to do that at a later date with you because we got All Star break coming up in what a couple weeks, two or three weeks uh-huh. now. So uh, talk about that. Red Sox swept the Yankees over the weekend. I don't know what the Red Sox have done this week, but that was they, big. They're riding a uh, seven-game win streak. All right. I, I don't, uh, I don't know what they do. They were playing the Twins, and I, they were up, and I'm not sure how the game ended. Uh, the Bravos are playing very ex- red hot, as red hot baseball, but the Phillies getting getting healthy, getting stronger. I, I would watch out for the Phillies in the uh, second half. Oh, I watched them uh, lose two to the Braves this week. I watched I, the I'm Phillies close. You, I'm 
telling you. I would love to watch the Phillies lose more to the Braves. I, I'm okay with that. I'm perfectly okay with that. But I no, think, no bias at all. I think the Phillies in the second half for the team will okay. be the team to watch. I'll put I'll watch out for that. Watch out for. Who has the longest winning streak in baseball, Brandon? Braves. The Cincinnati Reds have won. God, a, you know what? I've won eleven that. in a row. Uh, who was Jim Rome was talking about that? Eleven in a row for the Reds. I uh, wish Jeff Charles uh, was here to to see that because he talked about a lot of bad Reds baseball with me over the years. <laughs> uh, but they're five games over five hundred right now. All right, we got to get a break in. We'll come back. Marcus uh, got the NBA draft tonight. I don't know how close you've been following this. What are you struggling about, Brandon? I like you're not even time, here right now. But at most time the drafts that are like build up, like the football draft, yeah, and everybody. But the basketball, I saw it today across the banner draft tonight. Right. Well, if you're a Hornets fan, you're paying attention because a lot has changed with the betting lines on who they're going to take, and I'm, mm. I'm going to dive into that coming up. Well, who's the Spurs going to take? Victor. His name is Victor Wembanyama. Victor Wembanyama. He's pretty. He looks to be pretty good. He's becoming a star. I know that because my wife uh, said, I saw Robin Roberts interviewing this Victor guy. He's He seems like an interesting guy. So if my wife knows an athlete, that means he's pretty popular. Uh, Victor Wimbanyama going to be the number one pick tonight. What do the Hornets do at two? We'll talk about that. Also coming up later on, uh, Marcus got an interview with the play-by-play voice of Gardner-Webb football. We're doing our ECU football opponent previews, so we'll get to know them a little bit. And uh, talk more with the ECU Hall of Famer, Marcus Crandall. Brandon, good to see you, buddy. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure. We'll take a break. Come back. Hour three on tap after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Fifth Street Hardware Restaurant and Tap Room is your favorite place in downtown Greenville. For lunch, dinner, or drinks with friends. Fifth Street Hardware serves lunch and dinner Tuesday through Sunday, plus brunch starting at 10.30 on Saturdays and Sundays. Follow Fifth Street Hardware Restaurant and Tap Room on Instagram for the latest events and specials. Fifth Street beside the State Theater, Fifth Street Hardware Restaurant and Tap Room. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Cliff Rock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live on a Thursday. And uh, Chandler, we avoid talking politics here on the show, but I'll never avoid a, a good joke. And saw this one on Twitter uh, a moment ago. We talked about Jordan Poole getting traded to the Wizards uh, earlier from yep. Golden State. I guess um, on December 8th, 2020, uh, Joe Biden was quoted as saying 100 million shots in the first 100 days. That was a quote. And so it's uh, that was quote tweeted, and it's the meme of the handshake. And it says, Joe Biden in D.C., Jordan Poole in D.C., 100 million shots in the first 100 days. Jordan Poole is going to be getting his shots up and is the only guy on that roster right now? Do they have anybody else? That's about it. Because so, Bradley Beal's gone, I believe, right? Yeah, he's gone. He's he might be your uh, good fantasy pick for you because he's going to be a volume shooter 
for that uh washington wizards team want to talk some draft with marcus crandall but marcus uh great to have you back and by the way you've been gone but you really haven't because we have aired some awesome interviews with yourself and others uh, since you've been gone had uh lester lines had jaris mcphail uh, our great interview with carlester crumpler senior we've been airing those throughout uh the days when you made your little trip north of the border so uh you've kind of been around and we've been hearing your voice a little bit yeah it's been good man i thank you guys all for uh you know for handling that as well in regards to being available to get things done before i left and all of that and so thanks for taking the time and uh but yeah it's uh we had some great uh people on uh before i left and uh, i think um i've talked to a couple of guys uh since then and uh they they really enjoyed it as well so looking forward to more absolutely uh no doubt especially when we uh, get closer to football season gonna be a lot of fun uh talking football with marcus crandall coming up this fall and uh had alex flynn on at four o'clock uh first time we had a chance to talk to alex marcus and he's a guy that's been around here since 2019 waited behind holt nailers and it might be tired of waiting. He's, he's ready for his time, and he is going to be in a battle for Mason Garcia to win the starting job for ECU this year. Yeah, those it's going to be a great competition, I believe, uh, with those two guys. I believe they're pretty hungry. Uh, they, they've come from uh, some good um, high school programs, were very successful in, at the high school level, and so when you have that competitive nature, uh, it's going to show up in camp when, when, they, when they come back in August and, uh, and, get, and get at it and look forward to uh watching it man and see how this things unfold he's a great young man and uh has a great head on his shoulders good perspective i asked him you know the it's kind of a uncomfortable but obvious question in 2023 why not the transfer portal why you know why what your decision to, to stick it out here and and work for your job and your role on the team and he gave a lot of good reasons for that he, he said first of all it's uncertain he, he's got a very good mind marcus when you go in there it don't mean you're gonna come out absolutely so he knows that ahead of time which is great i don't think a lot of guys think about that but he said that he said the relationships he's built he also said that the fans the support uh the university going to school he kind of feels like he owes it to east carolina to to stay and stick around and would kind of feel bad leaving him so it was kind of refreshing to, to hear that perspective from him today you know it really is and it's um you know it's a credit to the ecu fan base um great people and um you know the support that we get as far as uh as student athletes and so uh, it, it helps, you know, in regards to decisions or, or athletes making decisions such as this. And so for him, like you said, like you, you enter that portal, man, there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee that you're going somewhere else unless you already have those things set up like, uh, you know, like the other guys in bigger programs. Oh, right, like yeah. That, right? And so Which I don't know if necessarily legal or not, but, uh, but it happens. But it happens. Yeah. You know, however it happens, whether it's legal or not, but uh, but it happens and it has happened. And so uh, unless you have those kind of things set up for yourself, uh, it's really, uh, you know, a roll of the dice. Yeah. Uh, we got Phil Constantino coming up later on in the show. Gardner Webb, play-by-play voice. We'll hear uh, from him later on this hour. And Marcus, uh, in the last week, we've talked – to aaron mcmahon from michigan beat writer for the wolverines to give us a preview steve cotton play-by-play voice of marshall yesterday we talked to adam witten voice of the appalachian state mountaineers and i like doing these opponent previews during the summer we get to know about the teams but it also says man this schedule and i don't know what people's perspective of it is but it is not easy marshall we know about michigan they're number one or two going into the year 
Marshall nine and four last year, coming off a bowl win, and and Steve Cotton says they're they should be prime for another good season. App State was six and six, but they beat Texas A and M. Uh, remember college game day went there they were riding high they just couldn't win on the road that was their problem uh they were good at home couldn't win on the road they play ecu in boone and then gardner webb we'll talk about them in a moment they won a fcs playoff game last year they won the big south so we're talking about uh, the non-conference slate here marcus teams that are used to winning you know what man (laughs) and and we've talked about this in regards to just personally and individually as a team uh, putting East Carolina back on the map in, in the, a perspective of, you know, playing those high-quality opponents, uh, getting that recognition across the, across the world in regards to, man, they, they went up in Michigan and they beat them, <laughs> which we hope, or, or they played them close. And if they could do that, I think it just uh, takes us to that next level. Uh, some of the games they don't have to win, right? They just have to play close and uh, play good football. Uh, but it, uh, I think it definitely – sets the standard as far as uh, ecu football and that week's two and three uh, just uh, those are going to be huge games for this team before we even get into conference play with marshall coming here and then on the road at app state and i was thinking about this if you uh, the home opener is always a big deal should always bring in a good crowd if you go up and beat michigan we'll have a sellout mm. uh for marshall Absolutely. and everybody will be at the game if you go up play them close we should have a lot of fans there. I, I, I mean, I think either way, the Marshall game will be important and will be well attended. Even if you go to Michigan and lose by a lot, you got a chance to to kind of see what you really are when you take on the Thundering Herd that second week. Yeah, you really do. I think we're going to see what uh, this coaching staff is made of, what this team is made of as far as the, the guys that have been here. Um, how are you going to um, relay your, your team message and your – uh, accountability, all those things that go along with winning uh, football games in regards to, um, you know, making this program come back off of a, you know, two game or sorry, a two season uh, back to back bowl, bowl season. And so uh, if we can do that, find a way to do that, I th- again, I think it's going to be a challenge uh, because of the the unstable of the offense in, in regards to uh, not a lot of guys coming back, losing the main pieces of the of the puzzle. And so it's, it's going to be a big challenge for us. But um, like you said, that we can find a way, find a way to get to where we're playing close football with the Michigan and uh, and uh, Marshall. Uh, I think it's going to change the dynamics of, you know, our fan base pretty much for, for the rest of the year. Marcus Crandall joining us, Pirate Radio Studios. Um, coming up tonight, Marcus, we talked LSU Wake Forest with Brandon. So some college baseball, if you want that, some MLB. Also, NBA draft tonight. I was reminded at around 11.30 last night, maybe even close to midnight, I was still up looking at my phone on Twitter. I was reminded that I enjoyed the NBA offseason more than the actual season itself (laughs) with the Marcus Smart trade that hit late last night. All these great players changing spots. And then there's been some... A lot of talk today. So just to catch you up on where we are, Victor Wimbanyama is going to be the number one pick. He is a, He's an alien. He's incredible. Uh, he's going to go to the Spurs. Hornets have a decision to make it, too. Now, Chandler has been a Scoot Henderson guy for months. He's been wanting Scoot to be the guy. It had turned the last couple weeks into Brandon Miller, odds-on favorite for the Hornets to draft at number two uh, from Alabama great player he's uh been in the headlines for the wrong reasons and a lot of folks know about that story uh but a great basketball player 
now that has shifted just in the last few hours so shams uh nba reporter put out a tweet uh, four hours ago that said scoot henderson gaining serious momentum at number two with the hornets and the the odds the line for the number two pick has gone from brandon miller the overwhelming favorite for the hornets to go at two to now scoot is the favorite to go mm. now where this stuff comes from i'd, I'd be fascinated to see all that where sham's getting his intel and are the betting lines on it before this comes out or not because immediately the lines shifted completely so it is fascinating to know and who knows marcus this could be a smoke screen wouldn't be the first time we've ever seen that so we don't know what's going to happen but it is fascinating to see how things have shifted just in 24 hours here well they call it mock draft for a reason yeah you don't <laughs> we, know we, we uh we kind of uh get an idea of where people are going to go in regards to the needs that we feel that uh, teams need as fans that is uh, but uh, those people in those organizations, uh, they have the insight on what they want and uh, who they want uh, from a, a draft pick. And so uh, they they take all that information and they apply it. But um, uh, uh, thanks for enlightening me on all the information. <laughs> there's a lot going on. <laughs> so there's I've nothing going on. Already. So nothing's happened, but there's a lot going on behind the scenes at the same time. Uh, you absolutely. know what I'm saying? Yes, so. absolutely. Because I missed it. Marcus Smart. I didn't, I didn't even see it. Oh, yeah. No, Marcus Smart has to get rid of the green hair because he's going to Memphis. Wow. He's uh, And as we said earlier in the show, he's about there 10 years too late. He'd have been perfect with Zebo and Mark Gasol and the Grindhouse Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. He's like right there, their DNA. Right. Uh, but that was a big move. Earlier today, uh, we saw Chris Paul go to – is that official or was that rumored? I don't want to say. Washington. Or, from Washington to Golden oh, State. I'm seeing a oh, lot of wow. graphics with Chris Paul and Steph Curry. And oh, it yeah, was it was a, a Woj, Woj bomb. It was a Woj bomb. Woj bomb, yeah. Adrian Wojnarowski, uh two hours ago said the Wizards finalizing a deal to send Paul to Golden State uh, for a package that includes a Jordan Poole. So you had that move. You had the big – the Marcus Smart move put Chris Stapp's Porzingis in Boston. So – I mean, the season just ended. The draft is tonight, and we've already got some major, major dominoes falling. And I love this. I, I legitimately think I like this more than I like the regular season. It's it's fascinating. <laughs> it it, it happens very quickly in it the does. NBA, right? In, because it's, um, you know, they, they're trying to – you have all these leagues. You have the D League uh, – or sorry, the G League. G League, sorry. And, um, you know, a lot of uh, moving parts in regards to that and trying to get people in place as soon as possible. So – um, to get guys into those different um, programs or whatever they're going to have to for de- development and uh, and so forth. Yeah, and what's uh, Chandler, Connor, Joey, what's the over-under on trades tonight during the draft? How many do you think we get? I mean, because yeah. something's going to happen during the draft tonight. Teams are going to move, and, and teams always swap picks and stuff, but how about player trades? You think we'll see a big one or two? Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna put the man. This might like be one and a half. I was gonna say two and a half. Two and a half, like trades that involve actual players, veterans, yes. not just picks. Trades. No, not just picks, but like players yeah. that are in the league as uh, right now. And one of those, Marcus, could be involving the Pelicans with Zion and uh, and what he's got going on on and off the court uh, right now. Brandon Ingram, maybe. See, yeah, yep, that's, that's that's what I want to happen. Two. That's what I want. I want Brandon Ingram in Charlotte, and they can have the two pick. Chandler sold on Scoot. Chandler loves some Scoot. I watched his highlights today. 
he is a bad dude he is he i, I watched it a little bit as well if he was six eight he still wouldn't be the number one pick over victor in most drafts he would be the number one pick especially if he was a little taller he is very explosive jeff nadu had a good comparison i was trying to think of comparisons Derek rose the bounce that rose had and the just uh violence he had at the rim dunking the ball scoot has some of that on him oh no doubt i mean he's not afraid to crash the boards and play defense he I plays mean, a lot bigger than he defense. is he plays great he plays defense like he's a three you know he's uh he's a very special talent i really hope he's going to be a hornet by the end of the night uh so we got that going on tonight as well also earlier today we just talked to glenn about this kinston native uh the big dog glenn griffin uh but brandon puts it in the the youtube chat hopefully people in kinston are okay a tornado hit today the roof collapsed at ashley furniture and the dmv glenn was telling us how uh the pig piggly wiggly piggly wiggly uh had some damage and uh they think a tornado went through there earlier today so oh, man. eastern north carolina storms uh pop up marcus kind of out of nowhere man we had a downpour earlier today it was crazy and the things flood so quickly here in greenville it was tough just driving the sheets down the road uh the way the the water fills the road so fast here in downtown greenville but man we've uh we've had some of these storms uh, around here yeah and they're going on all around the nation yeah uh, texas got hit with a big one um i think in a small town but um yeah those this is the time of year where yeah. those tornadoes and tropical storms uh they're they're brutal what was your uh weather like in canada when you went actually it was pretty pretty nice um the first week i got there it was um, nice and sunny and kind of hot like here for the most part uh minus the humidity uh but the last few days i was there it was rainy uh pretty much like here so but um enjoyed it man it was always good to go up and uh, visit my children of, of course and um, was able to get some football in football coaching in with my son um volunteered with his team there high school team awesome. so it was uh, it was pretty cool so do they uh, their parents probably do do the kids know marcus crandall up there from his cfl days yeah do you have of, a name a lot of there? them do a yeah. lot of them do yeah <laughs> especially the football kids yeah the football kids know um because they of course darius uh my my son that plays football he's you know he he's uh getting asked lots of questions yeah is that your dad so to speak <laughs> and all that uh but yeah i mean that's uh, awesome they, they know and then you know you get some my oldest son has a hockey teammate who's um, has an uncle or somebody that plays in the NHL, and he oh, wow. kind of watched me play uh, as well. And so <laughs> he was he mentioned that to him, and you know it was, it was like oh, that's man, cool. Man, You're way too cool. modest, Marcus. Cool. If I was you, I'd be boasting about all oh, this stuff. You are, hey man, glory be to God. I know. Man. You're oh, a modest man. man. Speaking of the CFL, I uh, saw a highlight from a few days ago now of deshaun amos famous amos former pirate db getting an interception in his toronto argonauts debut so that was good to see yep great cup champions and um they did they had a great season last year and uh, i think they won their first uh, their home opener i think that's when uh, he got that interception um but uh, looking forward to seeing how this uh that that league unfolds in regards to uh, the players, uh, lots of uh, changes there uh, at the quarterback position, and uh, lots of teams uh, making some uh, or have made some different moves to to try and go after that great cup. Do you think Marcus, we see, and the CFL is a, a fantastic league, but 
we've seen a lot of canadian born guys join the nba in the last 20 or so years with andrew wiggins i mean i can name a lot of them but Mm -hmm. do you think we we see that maybe in the nfl or or guys coming to college i don't know will colleges ever will nick saban ever go up to canada and recruit some guys like what do you think about youth football and and kids growing up playing american football in canada no i mean they're getting more recognition up there as well for football um you got claypool who played for the chase claypool yeah yeah uh he's canadian uh, the running back from Carolina, who's not there now, but uh, what's his name? Uh, Carolina Panthers? Panthers, yes. Who's the running back for the Panthers? And he's not there anymore, I don't think. From Canada. Uh, from Canada. No, he uh, is there. No longer uh, with Miles the Panthers. Is there. He's no longer with the Panthers. Um, Deontay Foreman? No. Nope. He's, he's a Canadian? He's a Canadian. Chuba? Chuba. Oh, yeah. okay. Chuba's still, still there. there. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. Oklahoma there. State. There you go. From Kent. Okay, yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're getting more recognition. Y'all be ready for a... Uh, but I think... Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, y'all be ready for a Canadian-born NFL players round of trivia at some point this summer. That would be there you go. fascinating <laughs> to put together. That, that's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the basketball, I think, it, uh, I think Vince Carter had a, a major impact on that. Uh, while he was up in Toronto, he he ran a lot of camps and um, you know did a lot of great things for the sport of basketball for for the uh, for the East Coast and, uh, and the West Coast kind of uh, started migrating towards those same type of uh, steps in regards to having those different types of camps. What about Brian Reeves, Sharif Abdurrahim, and those guys with the Vancouver Grizzlies back in the day, Marcus? Oh, I'm just man. showing off right now. Wow! But uh, <laughs> they weren't awesome. there very long, right? Uh, but uh, that. That was when you were playing ball, right? It was. Yeah. Yes, it was. The Grizzlies. Yeah. Yep, they didn't last long, but um, but yeah, it was um, out in out in uh, BC, man. It's uh, it's a great you know a great sporting area as well, uh, but uh, but it didn't last. But uh, yeah, man, that, you, you took it back on that one. <laughs> took it back. <laughs> He's like big country, and yeah. uh, Sharif Abdurrahim was a bad dude too. Yes. yes uh, Tyler says an ECU recruit is from Canada. He's playing in Florida right now, a QB. All right, I'll have to look that up. Was not uh, not aware of that. We can get some Canadian uh, action on our ECU roster, perhaps. All right, we got to get a break in. We'll come back when we return. We'll hear from Phil Constantino, play-by-play voice of Gardner-Webb, and have more with Marcus Crandall and make you a winner. A lot to do here. Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show at the Appliances Superstore. They make buying appliances easy. Just that simple. The Appliances Superstore has the largest selection of in-stock appliances in Eastern North Carolina, which helps our customers save money every day. The Appliances Superstore offers a 12-month warranty on every appliance. Plus, we'll deliver and set up your new appliance and remove your old ones. 
the Appliance Superstore off 264 behind the new DMV or shop them online at appliancesuperstore.com. Remember, they make appliances, they make buying appliances easy at the Appliances Superstore. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Flip Brock. Alrighty, back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. Marcus Crandall back with us inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Hey, and it's been fun uh, getting to know our opponents. We have taught Michigan football, Marshall, App State as well, and today we will wrap up the non-conference talk with Phil Constantino, play-by-play voice of the Gardner-Webb running Bulldogs. And he joins us now on the Pirate Radio Live Line for a season preview. Phil, we appreciate your time. How you doing? Hey, Cliff. Doing well. My folks, my friends in Greenville, they tell me that you're the real deal. Huh. All right. I don't know who you're talking to, but uh, <laughs> they sound like my kind of folks. And uh, Phil, looking forward to uh, the football season coming up, and we're previewing each and every ECU opponent this season, and the Gardner-Webb running Bulldogs are on that schedule, and looking forward to seeing them come into town. And uh, Phil, let's, uh, well, first let me, let's get to know you a little bit. Uh, we were kind of joking before we went on the air that uh, I don't know many Constantinos around the eastern North Carolina parts that or the whole state of North Carolina, for that matter. So tell us a little bit about, about yourself, your background, where you're from, and how you landed at Gardner-Webb. Well, uh, grew up on Long Island, a nice uh, Italian family, as you can tell. Went to college at Penn State. Found my way down to North Carolina, doing a whole bunch of different part-time broadcast gigs. Spent five years in Division Two at Queens University. Uh, they're now in Division One, and then when the pandemic hit, uh, there was an opening at Gardner Webb, and now I've been at Gardner Webb for three seasons. About to start my fourth. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, that's uh, that's fantastic, and uh, glad to have you here in the state of North Carolina and uh, and Boiling Springs. And how about this uh, this football team, Phil? When you look at Gardner Webb and and how uh, you know things have gone this off season for the running Bulldogs, what what are the I don't know what are the strengths uh, that you're looking forward to seeing this team on the field this year. Well, first things first, and this doesn't happen a whole lot in college football nowadays. You know this. They were a conference championship team last year that went to the FCS playoff. They were unbeaten in the Big South Conference. They lost their quarterback, who was the conference player of the year, Bailey Fisher. But they returned 17 starters out of 22. That's pretty darn good. Now, there is a big question mark, obviously, about the quarterback position. uh, But defensively, they returned all conference players at all three levels. Uh, offensively, the star player is Nari Gaither. He's a three-time all-conference running back, and uh, he's been, a, I believe, at least one time a preseason All-American uh, by a couple of outlets. So there's star power. There's experience all over the field. And if you look at their FBS history under Trey Lamb, he's now going into his fourth season. Uh, first year was the spring COVID year, so they've played uh, two years' worth of FBS games. They've played five FBS games in those two years. Five-point loss to Georgia Southern two years ago. 38-10 loss to UNC Charlotte. Uh, that was really the only blowout loss that they've had back in 2021. Last year, the schedule got screwed up late because of conference realignment. They played three FBS games. And uh, they had a four-point loss to Coastal Carolina game they could have won. 28-7 loss at Marshall and just a ugly, slugfest, rainy day that really was more like a touchdown to a two-touchdown game the whole way. And then a 21-20 loss at Liberty that probably a game they should have won. Huh. So they've been knocking on the door of uh, big-time FBS upset victories, and they obviously rolled through the Big South Conference last year and uh, 5-0 and in league play, won the league title, went to the FCS playoff for the first time in program history, and 
beat Eastern Kentucky in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, and they return a ton from those teams uh, of the last couple of years that, that they've built uh, in this direction. So before Trey Lamb got to Gardner-Webb, it wasn't much to talk about of a football program, if we're being honest. And uh, over his three seasons, now going into his fourth year, there is a lot of confidence in that room. Man, before we look ahead a little more on last year, season ends with a loss to William & Mary, but you mentioned that FCS playoff victory over Eastern Kentucky. How about going on the road, winning a playoff game? What what was that game that week like uh, for Gardner-Webb? Folks had to be fired up about that. Well, the, the real thing that I remember most about that week was the week before because it doesn't always happen this way where it lines up that it's a winner-take-all championship game for the conference title. Uh, in, and in the FCS, there isn't a, as much of the, you know, set conference championship game that maybe, you know, East Carolina is used to in the FBS. So it actually worked out for just the sixth time in the history of the Big South Conference that there was a winner-take-all championship game, and it happened to be the final day of the regular season, uh, Gardner-Webb versus North Carolina A&T at Spangler Stadium in Boiling Springs, packed house 7,000 people, close game in the first half, and Gardner-Webb. Uh, blows them out in the second half to roll to the conference title. Uh, first time in 19 years they were a conference champion, and the first time that they ever went to the FCS playoff uh, since the Division II transition about two decades ago. So if that was probably that, the selection show the next day, probably the thing that I remember most, uh, just a euphoric moment for an athletic department and a football team that had kind of been knocking on the door and to finally break through. And then the Eastern Kentucky game, that game, you know, you look at the final score of that game, it was 52-41. They really ran away in the second half of the game. One of those back-and-forth track meets of a game uh, was 21-0 uh, was the third quarter scoring. And then Eastern Kentucky scored a couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So it was really more of a blowout um, to end that game than the final score might indicate. And just a big day for the running Bulldogs. They like to go for that, uh, you know, that – uh, air raid offense, spread it out, throw the ball down the field. Nari Gaither, if I remember correctly, had a big day on the ground uh, at Eastern Kentucky, and it was just a blowout, and it was quite the capper to uh, just a, a season of joy and a season of progress and success. Phil Constantino joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line, East Carolina Gardner-Webb. It'll be the last non-conference game for the Pirates on the 2023 schedule before they begin conference play with a road trip to Rice, and that's one thing uh, Gardner-Webb doesn't have to worry about too much, going uh, all the way to Texas for a conference game, Phil. That's uh, that's what ECU has in the American Athletic Conference. <laughs> no, but but I'll tell you what, it's a little bit different for Gardner-Webb this year. So Big South Conference, historically, although the football conference was a little more widespread with some associate members, had a bigger geographic footprint uh, with some associate members. Overall, the Big South in, in pretty much every sport uh, and in football is one of those leagues that's very regionally based. I mean, I make the trips with basketball, and the furthest trip is four hours away. Uh, that's Everything could be a day trip if you wanted it to be, right? Yeah. Um, football's a little bit different. Um, but now this year, uh, because of conference realignment, some schools leaving, I guess they believe there are greener pastures elsewhere. Big South was down to, I think, four football-playing members and has merged with the Ohio Valley. And a uh, big announcement in the last week or two, it's the very beautifully rebranded, get this, the Big South OVC Conference. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, we'll be making some trips out to Tennessee, 
a little bit further, still probably mostly uh, car rides, um, bus rides, I guess. Um, but, you know, six, seven hours will be a little bit further than usual for us. So a little bit new look of a conference this year uh, does throw a little bit of a wrinkle into it. Uh, and you wonder, you know, whether or not Gardner-Webb is the favorite going into the season since you have all these new teams coming together competing against each other for the first time. Um, but then again, that FCS victory over Eastern Kentucky last year kind of leads me to believe that when the preseason polls come out, even with all of these new teams coming together, uh, that Gardner-Webb's probably going to be near the top. Yeah, I noticed that on the schedule, uh, a little mashup there. Uh, Big South OVC uh, on Gardner-Webb's schedule this year. And also, uh, Phil, you talked a moment ago about Gardner-Webb knocking on the door for that FBS win and the close losses from last year. Uh, hopefully the the win does come uh, this year, and it's against App State and not East Carolina. How about the season opener in Boone? The Pirates will be there week three of the season, so ECU fans will be doing some scouting for that Gardner-Webb-App State matchup to kick off the season. Yeah, and I can't say I've, I've gone too deep into the prep yet for the start of the year, uh, but, but I know the feeling in the room, and the feeling in the room is that they can go to App State and win. And why should they not have that feeling? I mean, if you think about two of the three FBS games last year or three of the five FBS games that they've played in uh, the three years under Trey Lamb, they were down by less than one score with the ball driving in on the final possession. Liberty, a one-point loss. Coastal Carolina, a four-point loss. And Georgia Southern, a five-point loss. In each of those games, there's an argument to be made that Gardner-Webb should have won. That if the game went any longer, Gardner-Webb had the momentum and would have won. And so it, it was funny being in the locker room. I got a chance to stop down in the locker room uh, after each one of those games. And the first one was Georgia Southern. That was the first FBS game of Trey Lamb's tenure. And it was a very excited attitude. You know, they didn't want any more of us. If this game went another five <laughs> minutes, we would have won. Yeah. And, and they they couldn't handle us anymore. And I know that Trey would tell you we don't like moral victories, but it kind of felt like one. And then the difference in the locker room, um, even the first FBS game of this past year, opening weekend versus Coastal Carolina, or I guess it was the second weekend technically, there was a, a D2 game in week one, uh, but the second weekend of last year against Coastal Carolina, first FBS game, and it was genuinely upset. The entire attitude of the team was we let that one get away. And so kind of watching that emotional tide turn in the opposite direction, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of confidence. And I'm not going to say that they're going to go there and definitely going to win and beat App State. I'm not going to say they're going to go to Greenville and beat East Carolina. Uh, there are some question marks on the field still, uh, especially at the biggest position, but there's a belief that they can, and there's a belief that they belong. And, and that is a belief that Carter Webb's program did not have prior to this coaching staff. Phil Constantino joining us. A uh, couple things, and we'll circle back to football to wrap it up, Phil. But uh, big Tim Kraft fan. Uh, he was a former East Carolina basketball assistant. I uh, got to know him a little bit, talked to him, and uh, he was a heck of a recruiter here for ECU, and uh, we missed him uh, when when he left for Gardner-Webb. I know uh, not the year record-wise he wanted last year, but how about Coach Kraft there and, uh, and what he's been able to do at Gardner-Webb? I'll say this. He is a phenomenal human being. And we actually, uh, not this past year, the year before, uh, so it would have been the 21-22 season, 
we went to East Carolina for a road game, yeah. and uh, we were in the visiting locker room, and I guess uh, Minji's got reorganized with where they put the locker room and the film room and stuff since he was there. And I was getting the whole tour of what it used to be like when Tim was an assistant coach at East Carolina. <laughs> he was telling me about the whole place. So uh, he's very fond of his time there. Uh, great guy, great dude, someone, someone who's just a – I think he's a really good fit for the small private school in the South. Uh, he knows how to get a lot out of a little – he doesn't have a big ego. He, you know this. He wasn't someone who came up as a former college basketball player. He didn't play college basketball. Uh, I think he's truly, genuinely um, fulfilled to be a Division One head coach and you know whatever level it's at. And this will be his 11th year now as the head coach at Gardner Webb. He was an assistant at Gardner Webb uh, even even before his time at East Carolina, and then came back to the school. And he knows how to get a lot of out of a little. If you consider historically the resources in the Big South Conference, I think there's an overwhelming belief that he's punching well above his weight. And pound for pound, he might be the best coach in the league. Because Gardner-Webb historically wasn't always the best resource school. Uh, that has changed a little bit with some of the championships, the way uh, you know winning helps that uh, over the last few years. But if you're going back to when he first took over the program, you know, again, it wasn't in the best of places. And he's taken it to. I mean, he did something that no one else ever did at Gardner Webb. Took him to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, uh, and so he's 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 a good one. And uh, Gardner Webb's lucky to have him. Hoping to see uh, the running Bulldogs, Tim Kraft, back in the NCAA tournament. That was fun to see. Uh, also, Phil wanted to ask you about this. So, being in the state of North Carolina, we've got a couple of pro teams here with the Charlotte Hornets and and uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, of course. But when it comes to professional sports outside of those, uh, so I grew up. A, a Redskins slash Commanders fan, and I missed the glory days for the most part, so it's been a tough life there. Uh, for baseball, uh, the South team is the Atlanta Braves, so been a Braves fan, and uh, they've had a lot of success in my life. But point being, I've always pretty much been a New York sports hater. You know, if I'm a Washington fan, I hate the Giants. If I'm a Braves fan, I hate the Mets, and not a fan of the Yankees either because they beat the Braves in the World Series a couple times. So uh, I'm curious, um, what are your rooting interests in sports? Who'd you grow up liking, and uh, are you, you know, Jets, Mets, uh, Jets, Giants? You know, how's it all work out for you? Well, I mean, the only thing I have to say to you is that I grew up a kid in the '90s in New York. I think you okay. Start spreading the news. Yeah, you were Start spreading the news. <laughs> I mean, things aren't going so well right now, but they did win the last two nights, and you know I was watching. So you were uh, you were there witnessing the dynasty, being a fan in the '90s. I, I was a young kid in the '90s, and uh, I mean, uh, Tino Martinez will forever be my favorite baseball player of mm. all time because I played first base, and he was the Yankee first baseman at the time. Uh, but Yankee baseball goes way back in my family. My 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 grandfather watched. My father, uh, he was hooked in when he first started watching in 1961, and that was a pretty good year to watch. Uh, so, um, oh, Yankee baseball is the big one uh, as far as you know the big four professional sports. Huge Islanders fan, lo- big hockey fan. Uh, always have been a big hockey fan. I grew up about 15 minutes uh, from the Nassau Coliseum where they used to play. And uh, it was tough to follow them for years, and we thought they were moving to Kansas City for years. But uh, hey, we stuck out. They stuck it out, and now they're good. And uh, basketball, the Knicks, because the Nets were in Jersey when I was a kid. And football, just 
kind of gravitated toward the Jets. So. Uh, all right. The, have a good year. There you go. I'll for, uh, forever hate Jim Laritz uh, for the home run in the World <laughs> Series uh, from way back when. Uh, Phil, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up with some football talk. So, uh, sounds like uh, they're pretty optimistic about Gardner Webb and why not what they were able to do last year. And you're right. The amount of uh, one of ECU's big issues is they've got stability in the coaching staff with Mike Houston, the, the coordinators, a lot of guys back. But they are replacing about 97% of their offense. Uh, Gardner-Webb has uh, a lot of guys coming back. And you're right, that is a rarity these days. So uh, a good reason for optimism, it sounds like, for the running Bulldogs this year. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, 90, replacing 97%, that's kind of become the norm, right? Right, yeah, true. When you get to the transfer portal and the one-time transfer. Um, the quarterback position, obviously a question mark. You lose Bailey Fisher, 65% completion, nearly 3,000 yards passing. I think he was underrated as a runner. He ran for 11 touchdowns, and he threw for 19. Those are pretty good numbers. Um, and so I don't know if they know for sure yet who's taken that spot. Um, the last that I had heard, Matthew Caldwell, who was the backup last year, was the leader in the clubhouse. He played a year at Jacksonville State. He looks like the prototype. 6'4", big arm, just an outgoing, good-looking kid that looks like he should be a big man on campus. And um, when he has played, he has shown flashes of that brilliance. And uh, it looked pretty good in the spring game. Threw for two touchdowns, including a 73-yarder. Um, take that for what it's worth. We know it's a spring game. That doesn't always translate. Uh, so I would say he's probably the leader in the clubhouse to take over the quarterback position. A couple of transfers that they were interested in. A um, couple of other quarterbacks lower on the depth chart who might be better runners than Caldwell. And Trey Lamb does always like to have a good runner. Uh, in that position, but but right now I would say the guy who looks the part with the most experience who would likely uh, day one at App State would be Matthew Caldwell, but it is in open competition. Phil, uh, great to chat with you, man. Enjoyed it. We'll try to catch up with you the week of the game and talk more Gardner-Webb football uh, with you, and I'll give you some barbecue spot recommendations, and we'll do that coming up later on this year. But um, enjoy the rest of your summer, and uh, and good luck to the running Bulldogs this year, and we'll, we'll talk to you again down the road, man. You as well. Thanks for having me, Cliff. Phil Constantino joining us on the Pirate Radio Live line, and Marcus Crandall, what I got from that is, look, we we got to beat Gardner-Webb. If we don't beat Gardner-Webb, we're in trouble. But they're practicing. They're working hard. They're trying to win just like we are, and they know how to win. And they know how to almost win against FBS teams, which makes me a little nervous because they've played them so tight. Um, they are not a pushover. And hearing him talk there uh, certainly raised my awareness of the running Bulldogs when they come here to Greenville. Yeah, they've done, done an exceptional job of uh, building that program over the last few years, and uh, like you mentioned, um, and like you said, um, man, <clears throat> and we mentioned, I mentioned it earlier in regards to when you play those top teams, it gives you that, even if you don't win and you play them close, it gives you that confidence when you're playing a much even opponent, right? yeah. when you're playing an to- opponent that's up to your level. Uh, it gives you that confidence going in. And I'll be keeping a close eye. ECU Michigan is noon, uh, week one. Gardner Webb App State is 3:30 that same day, so uh, you can do a little scouting on some future pirate opponents. That, that could be a pretty good, entertaining Week One game. Uh, running Bulldogs versus the Mountaineers. Chandler, I gave you the sign for the music. That's my mistake because we need to uh, hit the booty bag and open it up right now. Right now, like right now, like this second, if we could. <laughs> Not there. now, but right. Now. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty.
Chan, man. How about we do a lunch for two at tiebreakers? Lunch for two at tiebreakers on the line for caller number four right now. 317-1250. More with Marcus Crandall when we return Pirate Radio Live after this. to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Brandon Wood is your home of the best selection of GMC, Cadillac, Buick, and Mazda in Eastern North Carolina since 1937. Shop their entire inventory online at brownandwoodauto.com or visit them on Greenville Boulevard, Brown and Wood, Greenville's number one dealership and the home of the Lifetime Powertrain Warranty. And congratulations to Preston Morgan of Robertsonville. He was the winner of a lunch for two at Tiebreakers. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your va- our, very, our favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town, sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Tiebreakers in Greenville at Bells Fork and in downtown Winterville on Railroad Street. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Flip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. The song is called Skater Boy. Uh, Marcus, do you know who sings this song? No. Canadian Avril oh. Lavigne sings this song. I, I, I know the name. Okay. I know right. the name. There you go. Chandler, Avril Lavigne was married to, was this guy Canadian too? Uh, yes, this Canadian lead singer of a rock band, his name was Chad Kroger, lead singer of, no, nothing, Nickelback is the answer. We uh, got a big Canadian flair to the show today. Marcus Crandall returning from Canada, joining us back here on Pirate Radio Live. Uh, looking at the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. Braves win it in 10 innings over the Phillies, 5-1. to one. Dodgers all over the Giants right now, 10 nothing. Giants had a long winning streak going into this game. They had won 10 straight, but that is about to come to an end to the hands of the Padres. Diamondbacks beat the Nats 5-3. to three. It was the Twins blanking the Red Sox 6-0. Cleveland 6, Oakland 1 last night. Um, Oakland won that score today. Did you see Cleveland last night, Marcus? Former ECU pitcher Gavin Williams made his MLB debut, and uh, his team won. Had one rough inning where he gave up uh, a few runs, but ended up pitching well, and uh, it got off to a good start to his pro career. It was cool to see. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Love to see the Pirates in the pros at all levels. So we got uh, Wake and LSU tonight, and the winner will advance to play Florida in the College World Series championship. And you've also got NBA draft, and uh, I'm locked in. I'm tuned in. I'm excited. And I've just – just the, in this hour, Chandler, I've been kind of following Twitter a little bit. And so, you know, Spencer Percy, who we have on BuzzBeat Podcast, talk Hornets with him, and he said that – you can't like we are getting close for like an hour or two away and you can't rule out anything including a trade 
he says that he still thinks a trade could be possible yeah. in this uh for the hornets tonight so it is it everything's on the table everything's open especially with new ownership coming in and does mitch Kupchak need to make a splash to save his job or i don't know there's a lot of questions going into it tonight should be fun this is a very important decision tonight for mitch Kupchak. i mean this is a guy that's uh i feel like been on thin ice for the past couple of years now so and then michael jordan i guess this will be his last you know choice as majority owner because he will deal with the draft and free agency before he moves on from majority owner so he's got a big decision to make i'm hoping it's scoot henderson we won't scoot we won't scoot it uh it's it's a mindset it is a mindset because when you draft players you're really trying to build for the future really uh if you want instant um success so to speak i mean you really have to get those pieces to the puzzle um into your organization as far as trades or however it may be uh, I mean, you look at uh, we we talk about trading trades or firings and all those things. You look at the Denver Nuggets, right? Uh, where other coaches around the NBA they were firing their coaches after one year, two years. Those guys uh, they decided to keep Malone for for the next uh, couple of years, and so uh, and you saw what that did for them. I'm interested to see what this means for the future. If they get scooped, they'll have a guard with him and Lamelo Ball. They are trying to re-sign Ball. Ball has said all the right things about coming back to Charlotte and re-signing and, and you know being there. So can they build with those two guys? Uh, we shall see. We got to get another break in. Way behind today. Shirley's going to kill us. Uh, <laughs> but we just got to yapping. So uh, we'll take our final break, come back, and wrap it up after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Contact the licensed professionals at Beauty Bar, Manny Spa, and Red Banks Road in Greenville. Free consultations available by calling 752-1406 or visiting beautybarmedispa.com. Enjoy your visit. Love your transformation. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Flip Rock. Wrapping it up here on a Thursday. Marcus, great to have you back and uh, get you back here on Pirate Radio. Looking forward to talking more this summer with you and uh, previewing football, which we've kind of made that transition since you've been gone. Uh, wrapping up baseball and never too early to talk football here, right? So no, we're doing that no, now. No, not at all, man. I know the guys are getting, uh, I'm going to hesitate from saying anxious. I'm pretty sure they're getting eager. Yeah. Eager to get getting the season on, and uh, I know we're getting excited as well to talk uh, pirate football, man, across the across the season. Yes, sir. And great to have you back. Great to have Brandon Manning back from uh, overseas. He joined us on the show today. Awesome to talk to Alex Flynn, pirate quarterback. If you missed that, you can check it out uh, on YouTube at any time. It'll be on Facebook, or you can download it. Great uh, chat with the pirate QB. Phil Constantino came on to talk some Gardner-Webb football with us. And the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, gave his thoughts on the AAC this season. So, had all that on today's show, and we got a big Friday show for you as well. 
Great job, Chan Man, intern Connor, intern Joey, and uh, Marcus. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, for the crew here at Power Radio, I am Cliff Brock. Jeff Charles, take us home. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.